to episode number 12 of Old Heads, Young Minds. I'm Allison Fine. I'm Robert Pinner. And we have a guest today. I love that we're having so many guests. We have a guest today. Um, his name is Brandon Parker. Do you want to introduce yourself? BP Parker. There BP, love is dope all the time. So, um... Brandon is actually uh, a friend of mine that I asked to come on the pod because when Robert and I started the podcast, even though we're both comedians, uh, we didn't want it to be just about comedy um, or just about that community. So um, so we've been having like all varied type of uh, type of guests and type of topics. So um, I invited you on today because I think um, your story is amazing. I think what you do is amazing. And um, I want to share you with uh with the world appreciate it highly appreciate sure. it it's an wanna, honor to be in the building do you want to tell us do you have anything to say before we get started no i mean unless, unless you want to do our normal stuff or just want to just go into interviewing him um well we usually start with um yeah we could do that i guess we could uh we usually do like a mental health check real quick absolutely call you good so are you good brandon i'm good i'm good and i'm getting better <laughs> I'm getting a lot better. <laughs> right. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah, you know what's crazy? I just left the barbershop a little bit ago, and we was talking about that, just the, this transition that some people go through, um, like a pause. Like, a lot of my life is go, 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 go. And uh, on purpose, like this whole summer, that's so why a lot of people didn't see me at events, a lot of events this whole summer versus, like, last summer, I'm at every single event. Right. Love is dope, it's everywhere. Uh, I made a conscious decision to to pull back from events, especially nighttime events, pretty much no nighttime events. Um, to be able to pull back and use that time to more direct with a lot of the business that's not getting taken care of so I can wake up earlier on the weekends, real conscious decision from that. And what I didn't realize, though, a lot of that time, even on kickback, spending more family time, when I don't got, like, the plan in my head exactly like it's supposed to be, which is it'll never be exactly like it's supposed to be, I start feeling a lot more anxiety that I've never felt before, like a lot, like, in my chest, my, my stomach, but I'm kicked back. It's like, I'm good. I'm straight. But just because I don't know that exact next move or it's not, it, 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 and it starts to get to you, but I didn't feel that before because I'm on the go. Right. I'm on the go. You ain't, you ain't feeling you that because you're going. You to feel it. Right. And so it was an unfamiliar, uh, unfamiliar territory to me. And actually right now, as we as we speak, I'm in that territory, mm. but I'm starting to understand it more like this is good. This is what it takes. Mm-hmm. This is part of the process. You got to slow your ass down. And if this is part of what it is, I'm um, figuring out more things for that, exercising differently, and um, honestly figuring it out in the middle of it. So, Got it. Uh, but I'm definitely good. But I'm in that. I'm in a place where it's like, all right, I'm figuring out some other shit that happens when you when you're here. I feel like I hit like kind of a ceiling of what I was doing. And now figuring out the next is like, you know what? I didn't have my next step. I was playing chess, but I got to somewhere where I didn't realize where I was going to be. So what's the next step? I'm figuring it out in real life, in real time. And it, it, it brings anxiety, you know what I mean? Right. And um, that's that's where I'm at, but I'm definitely good and getting better. And uh, we're going to get into your story in a minute after this, so people have a little more context for why you're so busy, I think. What's up you're with you? Good. Oh, am I good? Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I mean, uh, this episode's coming out end of September, I guess, or like, I don't know, third, Something fourth like week of September. Um Things are fine. Um, staying busy with comedy. I have a lot on my plate for someone who doesn't have a job right now. <laughs> I'm uh, amazingly busy. I have a lot of things that I need to accomplish. And so I feel like I'm working a lot and I'm trying to give myself rest. Like what, what Brandon said, like 
I'm trying to give myself rest, but then, like, if I sleep in or whatever, because I am out at night, that's the nature of yeah, uh, right. of what I do um, with comedy. Um, if I sleep in, then I feel like, oh, I get up late, and then there's less time during the day to accomplish things I need to accomplish. So I'm trying to find that balance right now um, before I, you know, go back to work and, and start working again. So, um, uh, you know, I'm the only lady around here and uh, today is a bad day for being a lady. Uh, you can figure that out for yourself. Um, but I'm highly uh, Tylenol right now. Okay. Um, and so I'm not good in uh, that uh, aspect. Okay. But I'm here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, this is weird. And this is something you guys will never have to experience. Not that women don't. There's things that men have to experience that, yeah. that women don't. But like, um, I can't wait for menopause <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I don't need this uterus anymore. And I'm ready for it to not function or something. Because this is not good, this part of my life. So... Are you uncomfortable? I don't care. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. I've, you know, I'm, you have I'm a, around females. You have a, a child lot. with a yeah. uterus, yeah. so you get it. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a. Yeah, that's that's never fun. But uh, and the older you get, the more you're like, I don't need these parts. I think I see the thing saying that why can't just like Mother Nature text you say you're not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> you're not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being, this. this part of being a woman is not, uh, it's not my favorite part. Yeah. It's not my favorite part. So most things I'm good uh, when it comes to uterine things, not so good today. Uh, but, you know, it's a moment. Uh, You've been married. He's married. Yeah. Nick's married. So yeah. we it's, all get it. Yeah. I mean, nobody gets it the way I get yeah. it right now. But, you know, are you good? Uh, I'm good. Uh, Did you start your period today? No, I've been waiting. It's You should take a test. I need to take a test. I think I'm eight months pregnant, as somebody said recently. Somebody told me that recently. I was choked. <laughs> yeah, they roasted. I, I celebrated like my year in comedy, and they gave me a roast, and that was one of the roasts. I look like I'm eight months pregnant. Because I'm... I'm I'm only big in my belly, anyway. I just, that's, like, that's it. If you look... That's yeah. the way baby Jesus made you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I'm good. Life is good. Um, things are good, I guess, with work, comedy, relationship. Nook, are you good? We don't check in with you as much. I'm sleepy. You're sleepy? Yeah. Babies, oh, because babies. you have a five-week-old. Yeah, he's a menace. Do you even remember sleep? <laughs> uh, what? What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sleep. Because he has a baby, but he also has like two older kids, two teenagers. So oh, okay. Okay. He's got a whole gamut of how It'll to work. fuck your life up and never sleep. Are your older kids back in school though? Yeah. Yeah. The big one just started uh, softball. Oh, that's yeah, good. For the first time, so we'll see how that goes. That's good. But then that that probably creates like a whole nother level of like shit you got to be at, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sports. <laughs> yes. I felt horrible, actually. My daughter, Samantha, she is a Special Olympian. And I um, I just took a like a part-time job doing something. And I scheduled myself for a day that is like her first. She does flag football, her flag mm -hmm. football tournament. And I was like, I can't not do this job. I already, like, you know, accepted it. So that is the hard part of parenting is, like, finding time for yourself. Wow. And... 
everything else. And it's, it's funny how you bring bring that up at this moment. That's what happened what? today. Like, like uh, apparently Katie got strep last night, but oh. I didn't. I didn't receive a text till right before I'm getting ready to come here. Katie's his child. Yeah, and uh, like, hey, can you go get me some meds? And I'm like, oh, why are you texting me now? Yeah. <laughs> like. And like, why I didn't you just ran call out me? Errands this early this morning, right? Like, and so. So you're a bad dad. Yeah, I'm a bad yeah. dad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Katie live. Katie's yeah. an adult. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. then next time they need to, you, they live in your house. Yeah. It could have been like, hey, dad. Yeah. Uh, or a text or whatever. Right. I, I had, even at four o'clock in the morning, text me <laughs> and be like, hey, I'm going to sleep now. Can I'm putting in my med order. Can you go pick it up? So, like, collectively, we're all good, but also have some weird shit going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. That's I what think. I took out of that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's life. It always, is life. Right? It's like, right? always it going is. on. It is truly yeah. life. Uh, okay, we can get into our interview segment, which is called What It Do. So, what uh, it do. Brandon, do you want to explain kind of who you are? And um, I guess we could talk about how we met as well, but, like, who you are and maybe your story. Where you've been, as as much as you're comfortable talking about where you've been I'm, and where I'm you are. I'm comfortable with 100% of my story. I, I knew you would be. Start from <laughs> the day you were conceived. <laughs> so the, the day I came, the day I was conceived, I came, came no, out. Just, just <laughs> um, nah, but um, yeah, my, I go by BP, uh, formerly known as Stretch, one half of the Parker Brothers from when I was doing um, music with my brother. Uh, my brother, Parker, he goes by Parker now. He has a show as well, the ADD Boys. And um, grew up doing music. Grew up doing music um, in Federal Way. Grew up in Federal Way and uh, doing music. And when we were coming up in around 2005, 2006, me and my brother collaborated as a group, the Parker Brothers. And that's where um, prior to the Love is Dope movement and everything, that was where everyone knew me from, was through the music, was from Parker Brothers everywhere I went. It was like, that's where everyone knew me. It was Parker Brothers Stretch. People still to this day who actually knew me, knew me back then, my friends, they still hit me up Stretch. Yeah, because um, if you can't tell by he's sitting down, what are you, like, 6'8"? Six, 6'5", six, six, five. Five. <laughs> not 6'8", okay. not at all, 6'5". Okay. But um, we came up doing music real heavy uh, through Featherway, through Seattle, through Tacoma, and we ended up just expanding throughout the state of Washington and uh, end up really uh, making a name for ourselves. And it wasn't just us. We were just pretty much the faces of what we do, but we had a squad, a whole entire team for management, road management. And um, just it was a it was a big movement. Um, the Block Teamsters Union um, led by Prez, Presidential Transportation. Uh, we were we were all squatted in. And what Block Teamsters Union was, we brought together just all different individuals from different, that you do your own thing. You got your group, you got your group, your management, your, but we all came to one table and said, let's all support each other. Every time I got a show, um, my responsibility is that I got to have you as a person. I got to have at least one person from this table on my show. Whoever's doing the pictures got to be somebody from this table. Whoever's doing the video videography got to be somebody from this That's table. Dope. That you is, know, that is we, awesome. Yeah, we go on the tour. If we all agree, uh, we had we every meeting we had every Thursday. I don't know if you remember Vito's nightclub in Seattle. But every meeting we met in the back room every We're Thursday night. We're not from night. here. I'm from Cali and he's from Texas. Okay, so. okay. So there was a spot um, named Vito's Italian. There was a old uh, actual mob room in the back from back in the days. We oh, met dope. Wow. Literally at the round table wow. for real. Every was Thursday. it in the kitchen? Um, no, it wasn't in the kitchen. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, we would pay dues. We would pay dues, but we'd come to one pot. And with that pot, we'll represent everybody. Is all, everything's trans. Uh, what am I trying to say? Um, transparent. Transparent. And say we got a tour coming up. Hey, if everybody agree, we'll take this money. We'll pay for everybody's hotels rooms if whoever wants to go. 
And the street uh-huh. team, you know, y'all got your own street team, your own business, but y'all promoting Parker Brothers now, which is giving y'all a bigger name. And y'all get in. It was just this circulation wow. of what we did. It was it was really dope. Really what, dope. What, what time era was this? Because I don't, you're, I don't know. I don't know how old you are. I'm 40. I was going to say, you're around 40. Okay. So this is like so this, in the early 2000s? This, uh, so I'm taking you to the end of the So Fresh Coast Parker Brothers mo- uh, movement at that time, which was around 2007. Okay. Uh, prior to that, we were just building, 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 building. So you're in your 20s. Okay. Absolutely. And um, that was like at the peak when we were introduced to the pre- president, my guy Prez mentor to this day. But we started just expanding a lot more every everywhere we went. I'm talking about every weekend it was a show, every weekend it was a tour. Mm-hmm. And um, and at the peak of that, I uh, was going to move to Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, because that's just where the music scene right. was, where I wanted to handle business, business, still represent Seattle, bring everything back home. So I was in the middle of a move there with my guy, uh, Cuddy Fresh, who's one of an uh, amazing friend of mine, producer. And I was down there um, home shopping and whatnot. And um, I caught an indictment. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, that, uh, from, from things that I had did in my past, uh, conspiracy um, for selling drugs, okay. caught an indictment at the end of 2008. And um, when that indictment happened, we were literally at the, at the peak of, of where we ever were. We were moving, like big mm-hmm. time movement. Wait, and, um, let me, let's pause right there. So... Yeah. I think this is a lesson to be learned. Um, this happened 2008. Yes. But when were... When did you make the bad decisions that got you there? So the bad... So I decided to start hustling on a on a level where I'm, I'm, I'm moving moving across state lines. Mm-hmm. Um, 2000, 2006 and 2007. Okay. Or 2005 and 2006. 2005 and 2006. Were you playing both sides of the thing, being the still doing music? But oh, still? yeah, I was full-time music. Oh, yeah. I was full-time music and hustling. So that's no one knew I, I was hustling yeah, because if you, you listen to our songs, I look, right. that's not the energy I gave. I didn't right. talk about hustling. It wasn't no dope selling this, this, and that. We okay. giving good energy, okay. all a, of that. That's how you get a Rico. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, uh, it is what it is. And, and, and it caught up to me, but I, I had made a decision to stop hustling about a year and a half, a year before my indictment, when uh, the woman that I was with at the time moved um, moved her in with her kids. And at that time, I made a decision like completely hands out the game, 100%. And the reason that I wanted to directly address that, like I have uh, I have a friend who's um, uh, her baby daddy, really. Um, he accepted some drugs that were sent to him on an airplane, anonymously, whatever. Didn't get caught then. 10 years later, they charged him. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I think that something that um, something that young people don't realize is that your decisions can catch up to you right, right. way later in life. Right. When you're making good decisions, when you've already decided, like, this life isn't for me and here's the one I want to pursue. Right. So I, I just wanted to point out that timeline because you had already said, like, this isn't the life I want to live. This is, you know, I have other things and my music is right, more right. important and now I want a family. Yeah, and it was hard when I made that decision. It wasn't like I was up, 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 mm-hmm. made this decision. It was bad timing. Like not right now. Like I, I need to, I need to, you know, what I'm saying double up a couple times before I, but I stopped. But these kids in my home, and I, I just didn't. I was like, nah. So I made a decision, and it was like I actually struggled for a second, mm-hmm. like for real, for real, and and I stuck to that and didn't jump back in the game, and it was it was too late apparently because. Right. Um, and so, and so I caught that indictment, and my indictment was based out of St. Louis, Missouri, because that's where um, my co-defendants were, my um, one of my cousins, and some other people, and that's where the transactions were happening. So I end up, um, long story short, I end up in St. Louis 
fighting my case. Wow. So I was in St. Louis fighting my case for uh, nine months. So I was in St. Louis County for nine months mm. fighting my case with all these young, reckless-ass cats in St. Louis. And so nobody you knew. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because you're not from there. Right. So, so that I, must have been... So I, so I actually am from St. Louis. So originally oh, I'm from St. Louis. Okay. But, okay. but as a kid, I moved here when I was 10 years old. Got so, it. Got it. So I'm yeah, from, yeah. from here. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, I get that. So I'm there. So no, I didn't know no one touching down. Um, you know, when I when I touched down, though, a lot of people always know my family and whatnot, okay. and things like that. So I was I was 100% good, but it was, it was wild in there. Like really wild. It was the size of this damn room with youngins coming in and out because it was county while I'm going right. through processing. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I've been locked up before and the, usually they break it up into that kind of dynamic, right? Uh-huh. It, I don't know, maybe different counties do it differently, but there'll be all the youngin tanks, all the old cat tanks and all the, you Right, know, it, it, it wasn't segregated, segregated that much because I, I caught a fed case. Okay. So you're supposed to have only the fed, fed people together and only the county people together. But right. in this particular place, it was different. It wasn't like that. So we got the blue suits. We represent federal. The orange okay. suits represent state. So that's the that's the way you're separated. You're, you're separated. Supposed to be completely separated, but, but they had us mixed. Got gotcha. you. Okay. They just didn't have the room. They didn't have the room. Yeah. And the problem with having us mixed, I'm facing a federal case, so I'm about to be here for a second. Yeah. I'm sitting here. I'm here nine, nine months just going through court and everything. You got these youngsters coming in literally for a day and two, right. a week and two. I'm talking about, I'm seeing them literally come back and forth, back and forth, back. So... I'm like, oh, I'm seeing the patterns of, oh, yeah. you see you see who, what the problems is, with, and, it, and it's just going down. They busting each other's heads left and right. I was young myself when I came in, but I quickly became the OG in there because I'm actually posted there, and I'm seeing how it goes. Right. So I quickly became the OG. So after after they got to know me and everything, I was able to really calm a lot of that down. Like, mom, like you know, put some different type of energy in the pod. Like, mom, we can't be doing this every day. But um, but um, made my way from there, made my way back to the West Coast um, after my case, after I got sentenced, I uh, got sentenced to 62 months, uh, which I, I actually considered it as a blessing because I was looking at up to eight years. Um, I, I got more time than all of my co-finance and everybody, but I still took it as a blessing uh, for the simple fact that I know I, it could have been worse. That's, that's all. I just know it always could have been worse. So I always look at the brighter side of that. Uh, made my way back to the West Coast after I got sentenced. The way it works in, in federal, when you get sentenced, you can request where you want to go. I'm from Seattle. I hadn't had no criminal uh, history outside of some little tiny, little petty, petty yeah. shit on my record. And so my grant got requested and I was able to get back to the West Coast and I went to Oregon, Sheridan Prison. So right a couple hours away. Okay. So I was. So, a, that, so you were sentenced to a little over five years. Yeah. How much time do you have to do? So in the feds, you do 85%. Okay. And however, there's pr- different programs you could take to try to reduce your time whatnot. They have one program called the DAP program. Uh, some, it's a drug program. So if you go in there and you say, and you actually got a sign to it, say, I have had a drug problem, then you can say, okay, cool. You can go in these classes and these courses. And if you complete this nine-month program, you can get nine months reduced from your sentence. It's hanging over your head when you come out. But that's that's how it goes. Okay, so that's that's exactly what my friend's baby daddy did, right? Which I always find funny because you went in there for selling drugs, not doing drugs. Right, right. And so they have these programs that really, do, I mean, to me, from the outside, it feels like a waste of time. Like you went through a program for an issue that you didn't have. Like, couldn't there have been like other ways that the government could spend our money that might actually have prepared you better for getting out or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I'm, sh- I'm sure, sure it could. <laughs> when, when it comes to that, uh, that's that's a conversation within itself. And that's why I took it upon myself, like all the programs and certificates and knowledge that I learned 
came from ourselves, from inmates ourselves. Like, Got it. Like, if you in there and you were expert in this, I'm an expert in this. Of course, we all locked up. We couldn't be too good at right, what we was right. doing. But you do got legitimate people that are that got game and real. And we learned from each other and created our own classrooms. And then if, you, if you're good enough at what you do, the prison will recognize that and, and, you know, give certificate shit for that. I never cared about the certificates. It was all about the real education. That's where I learned a lot of my credit game, a lot of learning my business savvy game huh. from literally in those courses. I learned all my um, before crypto, foreign, foreign currency exchange. I was heavy into that. So I got a lot of education by just dedicating myself to that. The program. Yeah, I didn't have a drug problem. Um, yeah, I can say that now. Time passed, but shit, I was getting that nine months off. I know no, that no, much. No. I, I totally understand why people do it. I just feel like, I just feel like it's a, it's a weird program to offer people who didn't have a drug problem, right? right. It's just, well, well, you know, technically though, you're not supposed to take it if you didn't have a drug problem. You're supposed know, to but, only sign up uh-huh. if you have right. the, the drug problem. But I, I feel like they they have to know. I mean, they have to know. The reality is people are going to take anything to to get time off their sentence. Right, right. So why not take the funds that they're using to pay for that drug problem? If if there's 50 people that sign up for that course and only 30 of them actually have a drug problem, then the other 20 people who were just hustling, right. you know what I'm saying? Do something for them that actually might benefit them. Right, you know right, what I'm right. saying? Like, I don't know. I just feel like the way that our prison system is uh, both at a, at a state level and at a federal level it, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, here right. in, the, in the state, you know, I'm a social worker. Okay. And uh, when I worked for, um, like, the CPS side of social work, when I first moved here for two years, uh, I learned very quickly, at least in the state of Washington, you can go to prison in the state of Washington and take a uh, Dave Ramsey financial planning course. Okay. But you can't get mental health services. Mm, uh, damn it, man. What does that say? Right, you know what I'm right, saying? Right. It's like you, you have programs, but if they're not actually either helping whatever the whatever the person that came into prison did like right, helping right. them get out of that or learn a new whatever so when they get out they're better or prepping them for the future right right i mean that's cool you can balance your checkbook now and you know how to save money but you're still you're still in denial that you're bipolar right, like you're still right. like not addressing your massive depression like i, I those things mm. And the reality is, is our tax dollars pay for all those programs mm-hmm. at a state level and a federal level. So I'm glad that you did it, and I'm you know, and I'm glad that you had other resources while you were in there that you learned from. I just always wonder the resources that are paying for those types of programs um, could have could be reallocated into things that maybe you actually benefited from. Right, right. Because a lot of people are like you, where they will absolutely sign up for whatever's going right. to get me less time. Right, right. Because nobody wants to be in there. You right. know what I'm saying? I just, I don't know. That I find that I find that interesting to me. Right, um, right. But I'm always trying to fix the world. Yeah, yeah so. it's, it's, all, it's all good. <laughs> so, yeah, so so I end up taking advantage of that program. I, I didn't, I, I wasn't able to take advantage of the full nine months because I end up, going to the hole right before I started the program. Oh, really? <laughs> and so I didn't get into the program when I was supposed to start. So by the time I finished all the shenanigans and made my way back to the yard, and that was, that's a crazy story because I was getting shipped and then made my way back. And uh, so I wasn't able to take advantage. So I was able to get back in the program when I came back. But I spent, I think, about two months in the hole, in the 10 by 10. Mm-hmm. just, And so that was crazy right there. So now... Basically, like seven months 
I could have had the whole nine months, but it's now it's like seven months from that whole situation. But uh, so it ended up being about th- three and a half years. So that's what you did total, three and a half years. Yeah. Can I ask you, yeah, and, and if I'm you sorry. don't want to answer this, this is fine. I, I but answer everything. Those two months in the hole, like I have a best friend from California who spent a lot of his life up here, most of it in prison. He's always in the hole because he's, he's an OG, uh-huh. OG, right? Okay, I, I understand that completely. Um. And I think every time he gets out, it's worse because of that time in the hole. So far as you mean, far as his mental. Yeah. Or far as, so how did that? How did that two months affect you? You know, or did for, it? For me, it it did. It affected me in a really good way. Really. I, I, uh-huh. So as soon as I touched the hole, I had actually a partner that was in there. He just got caught with a cell phone. And they know how I get down on the yard. Everybody know. I'm talking about I don't get down with the shenanigans, with the get down, with the with the hustle. We know what what's popping. Right. And but they know I'm the, I'm the cool cat. But I, I do my thing how I do my thing. I don't get down with the you know other people. So as soon as I got in the hole, they open, ping ping. He like stretch. Like what the fuck? Mm. Like there's no why. How could you even be here? Ain't no reason you could be here. You know what I'm saying? They know how I get down. And as soon as we touched in, I'm talking about we on routine. I'm like, bro, I'm here. So, How did you end up there? So I, so boom. <laughs> so, you know, everybody, everybody got a job mm-hmm. when you're in the feds. You got a job, whether you're in the kitchen, whether you're in lawn services. Right. Like the top premier job that everybody would ever want is the town car driver. Your town car driver mean that when people get released from the camp or from the from across the yard from the medium, when you get released. Somebody got to take you home to the airport or to the train station. An inmate drives you with no police, really? no guard, no nothing. Really? Yeah. But wow. this is like elite position. Right. Like you got to, you got to, yeah. usually like some politics type shit. Position comes open. Literally, I'm on no politics, no nothing. I go right up to the warden yard. I put my stuff in the cleaners, fresh down. I go right in there like position open. Here's my application. You got a license? Yes. Most people, for whatever reason, don't ask me why. A lot of people, when you locked up, don't be having valid license. So it's just that step right there. I, I'm, I'm in the top percentages of even having a license. Have my mom, pops, all them. They send them a license. They check everything. A couple weeks later, boom, I got the job. Like, oh, like to the wow. point people like, wait, hold on. Stretch? Stretch the town car driver? What? But when they saying that because they know what time it is, that means, oh, it's go time. It's hustle time. I get to touch the outside. I can bring whatever back to the yard. Right. You know, we can we can do it. Because I'm talking about town car driver. If I, if I was hustling, right. I had already made my mind up to make sure that I'm bettering my mind and, and I'm not going to get down easily 100000 every six, seven months. Wow. Easy, yeah. easy, yeah. easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, you can wiggle. So, anyhow, when I was a town car driver, I never brought nothing back to the yard. I never, because I didn't, I didn't trust nobody, for one. I trusted myself. So, yeah, I had my entertainment when I was out there. I did me. You know what I mean? I, I ate good when I was out there, went to some spots, but I never never brought nothing back. Well, my brother, the other half of the Parker brothers had just dropped uh, some new music. I needed to hear the music. You feel me? And so I set it up to meet up with somebody so they can give me the music. But I only listen to the music when I'm out. I don't bring it back. I got a hiding spot up at the gas station in the ceilings and everything when I'm on my route. So that's where I had my phone. That's where I had my money. That's where I had... Everything I did wow. in this gas station, I go up, I put it in the ceilings so I don't bring nothing back to the yard. Don't nobody know what I do. I right. have my own business. Uh-huh. Well, this one time I, I get to meet up with the girl to get my brother's music. A uh, chick I know gave her a hug, chopped it up, kept it pushing. Nothing to it. Get back to the yard like it's another day. Oh, no, 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 no. I'll tell you about this day. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This day was the only day that I ever went to the strip club while I was locked up. So... 
And I promise you, I didn't even care about going or nothing like that. But the dude I was taking to the airport that day, he's like, dude, there's a strip club right around around the corner. Here goes 20 bucks. Hell no, hell no. Are you in Oregon? There's a lot of strip (laughs) clubs there. Hell no, I already have money in my shoes. You feel me? So I'm like, all right. So I'm a little skeptical. So I keep the van parked at the train station and I walk to the strip club. It's like 9 o'clock in the morning though. They ain't open. So I'm like, what time y'all open? Open at 10. So like, boom, boom, you want a drink or something? I'm like, yeah. So I order a drink. Drink come. I don't know why. I ain't feeling right. My body's off. I'm like, nah, I'm cool. So I walk off. I hit up my brother. Talk, you know, chop it. I'm waiting for time to go back to the strip club. I'm trying to get to the strip club. I get back there. They're about to start. I don't feel right about the situation. I just bounce. I just, something's off to me. Bounce. Get back to the yard. I just get back to the yard. Check in like everything good. As soon as I get there, boom, I'm snatched up. They cuffing me. I don't even, I really don't know why. I don't know what's going on. Boom. When I was at the train station and got the CD from the girl, a counselor that works at the prison literally coincidentally happened to be on vacation at the train station, leaving to go on vacation and see me and called it in and was like, um, Brandon Parker is making physical contact with the person out here. Damn. Literally. And so I got booked. And I'm gonna tell you the blessing in that. First, whenever you get booked, the first thing that happens is you get breathalyzed. Mm-hmm. And you had the alcohol in your system. I didn't. I oh, didn't drink it. God. I ordered it. Oh, didn't yeah. drink it. Something was thank off. God. My body was feeling off. I don't know what it was. I didn't even stay for the strippers. <laughs> Something was off, so I got booked. And so that's why I, why I went to the hall. So I got booked. Got went it. to the hall. Okay. But the wow, that's wild. Right. And the and the way I spent my time in there though, as soon as I seen Slank, my partner Slank uh, from from Oakland, I'm like, bruh, it's go time. Yay. We on we on we on push up routines. We on, you know what I'm saying? The you got the the I got we get your little radio speaker thing. So I got the toilet tissue rolls, putting them through to make the speakers louder. I'm buying um the cracker box cards, making cards out of them, drawing cards so we can play space. <laughs> I'm making the best out of time. I'm like, uh-huh. we're here. Every book I can read, I'm reading it. I'm on a regimen, so every morning, boom, this is the workout routine. When it's yard time, we working out here. This is the, uh, this is the, this is we gonna play space. It was like, I was good. I was like, I'm good because I'm not gonna allow my circumstances to 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 change who I am. So I was solid, solid. And it was actually a book that I read. I forget the book. It was a boxer, world champion boxer, and it was about when he went to the hall. This is where I learned a lot of my business game. I read this book, and he was talking about the difference between hustling and business. And like really being precise about your business, understanding your profits, stuff like that. And I realized, I'm like, damn, I've been hustling for a long time. When I finally made it out of the hall and came back to that yard, I started a burrito business. But I started it legit. I wasn't no longer going to the kitchen, trying to get free stuff, having people steal stuff. And, you know, get the I bought everything from commissary. I counted every piece of meat, every piece of cheese, everything. It was like, how much is it going to cost me to make each burrito? How much I'm going to sell them for? So I made each burrito for one stamp. That's prison currency. Wow. Everything was in stamps. Mm-hmm. And I profited four stamps off of each one. And I turned that into a boom in business. And that's when I started making my own money out without hustling and not having to depend on people sending me in money and everything. And that's why I really learned business. No discounts. Not one single pot in mine got a free burrito. I promise the goodness I never ate one of my burritos without literally physically putting the five stamps into the box, even myself. Wow. And that's where I gained the discipline from like, oh, okay, I get it. All my pot, man, come on, throw me burrito. No, this is business. Right. And, and, and honestly, anybody can say that, but doing it is a different story. Like, if you yeah. really, you really my partner for real. We've been rocking. We on the yard. We done did shit. And I tell you, I'm not giving you a burrito. You might look at me crazy, but when I can break it down, like, family, this is why I'm doing this, though. I need to discipline my business mind. So if I do that, 
then I'm going against my discipline for my business mind. I fucks with you. Heavy, right? So shoot me these five stamps and, and let's keep it running. You know what I mean? And I literally uh, learned a lot of my business sense from that. Yeah. That's really, I mean, that's really about knowing your value, right? right? It's really about knowing your own value and knowing your worth and living by it. Um, it kind of, it kind of speaks to a philosophy. You hear, you, you hear this term a lot. Uh, a lot today, I think, especially like with people who maybe came from certain circumstances are in a different space now. Um, you know, today's price is not tomorrow's price. Right, right, right. You know, or yesterday's price is not today's price. It's about knowing your own worth and, and sticking, sticking by that. Right. Um, absolutely. Uh, I think women do that. Uh, not just women. I think men do it too. I think in relationships, we have those similar conversations like, the shit you used to put up with in your 20s, don't put up with that shit anymore Absolutely in your 30s. Not. I don't care how much you love that person. Yeah. If they're not, if they're breaking boundaries, don't fuck with them, right. you know? And so that's that mindset that you create, whether it's business or interpersonal relationships or or how you, you know, market yourself um, to the community based on what you do with, with, you know, we talk about it with comedy, you know? There's, um, there's, mm, there's, Producers that run shows that still want people to work for free. Mm -hmm. um, they'll be like, oh, it's a guest spot for whatever. And my thing is, there are certain circumstances where I can understand that. But most circumstances, you're making enough money to pay somebody $20. Right, right. You know, I, I started comedy um, the end of September 2021. So this will be two years. Oh, wow. Congratulations I started on doing two years. Sh thank you. I started doing shows January 2022. And I had five-minute guest spots that I paid $20 for. Mm. I never devalued the people that I worked with, even if they were brand new. Right, right. Um, and so uh, that mindset, though, um, either, either allowing people to devalue us or... Um, trying to take advantage of others right. is very common. It's very common. Yeah, so it's an interesting place for you to learn that lesson. Right, right. Um, but look where that is. So, like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about yeah, what, yeah. what, what's so, happened since then. So since I kept pushing. So my, my whole thing when I was locked up was become the best version of you. I know that that sounds like a cliche thing, but literally that was my whole everything. When I was, if, you know, first you want to know exactly what you're doing when you come home. So... I was um in my mind at first I was gonna have a, a be a personal trainer and I had my business business plan down and everything like to the T where you mm -hmm. can't and I was gonna do that and just for <clears throat> foreign currency exchange, but no matter what between that I was like but you got to just be the best version of yourself so that's why I, I learned the different love languages I learned I learned what love languages were like I didn't even know what a love language was I learned just different things on how to treat myself better how to think so I literally start thinking better like even. My, when I got like my partner told me before I left, he was like, "All right, stay off the card table, stay off the um, sp stay out the TV rooms, and don't play no sports. You'll be good." You know what I mean? I did do those things. I, I played sports because I love basketball. But even there, I was able to bring a different energy, even on a prison yard where it's like, "Yeah, we get down," but it's like, "Nah, we don't gotta throw blows, blows when it come down." When I when I come, like I said, a different tone where it's like, "Yeah, it's 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 go time," but we don't gotta go. Uh, like we, we could be good. We could still bump and all that and, and, and the shit talking and still be 100. And like 
I was able to present that. And you got to imagine back then, though, I'm I'm yoked in, like yoked, yoked in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Six, I just saw five, a picture. And all that. I just saw a but, picture he posted recently. <laughs> you know, and I was like, that is a very different looking Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just uh, being able to have that mentality, like, bro, it is. It's love. It's good. And and that's why I start changing my whole mentality. So when I, when I was able to be released... Uh, thank God I had an amazing support system, like mm. big boy support system between my, my parents, my, my brother, family, friends. And I was able to hit the ground really running. And so I had opportunities on some money moves to make. Uh, and actually, I had an opportunity. My dad and I was uh, going to have another uh, painting company. I had a painting company before okay. I, I had left as well. And I didn't take it. And it was some good money, good contract. And the reason I didn't, because I wanted to prove to myself that this discipline that I say I've been having, I do have it, it's real life. But the reality is when you locked up, it's different from being out here. Everybody can talk it and you can walk it there because you're behind a different gate. But you got different opportunities on this side of the gate. You can't do, you got exposure to some of the things that you can't do when you're in there. If you say, oh, I'm going to be a good husband or a good person, I'm going to do this, I'm going to treat women like this. Well, ain't no women around to really do it. You can have that in your mind all you want. You can swear to God on it and you can put your life on it. But when you're out here and you got the opportunity to do it, it's different. What's really happening? How are you reacting when, when your girl's acting like this and that? So I wanted to really prove to me th- that I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. So I didn't take that job. I wanted to have more of a discipline a day to day. And I literally, my partner Chad, my partner Doughboy, big ups to him, introduced me to who my mentor is to this day, David Gaspar. And I took a minimum wage, minimum wage warehouse job. I was like, I just want to take a job. I just want to just get the get it going. I just want to get back into getting some money like that. I did that while I was studying foreign foreign currency exchange. Okay. I'm I'm over here trading. Every break I get, every break for 15 minute break. I've got my laptop, my headphones, and I'm studying the market. I'm on, I'm on Euro time. I'm studying the market. So, but I wanted to get in the discipline of working that job, working the job, working the job, because I said that I would. And that's when I started getting more discipline like that. That same, that same job, I ended up, uh, through the grace of God, ended up being a director of operations of that same warehouse minimum wage job that I took around four oh. years later. That was just through going. I had no plans on doing that. I told, told my, my mentor to this day, when he hired me, I was like, man, I'm going to keep it a buck. I don't want to waste your time. You coming through family. I'm getting plugged. But I'm only going to be here probably for a couple months or something. I just want to get my feet wet and, you know, get my ball rolling because I'm, I'm going to really yeah, yeah, get yeah. out here and do something. Now, you you got out when? Like I got 12? out in 2012, April of 2012. Okay. So right. what age was, what age were you? Um, shucks. That was 10 years ago. T- April, what? 11 so like years 30. ago. So I was 29. Like 29. Okay. I was 29 when I came home. Yeah, and um, and and, and and this the BP what you see now definitely was not even when I came home at twenty nine I was I was a a better version of who Stretch was but I was nowhere near BP I was still working towards it still getting it brick by brick in real life so I still start having a lot of hurdles a lot of challenges um, came across gambling addiction after I came home I had had one before I left and then straighten out after I came I'm thinking I'm straight straight fell back into it yeah so my mind's better my mind's clearer. I got a lot of good things going on, but it's still it's still hurdles and it's still and that gambling addiction. What happened with that? It's crazy. I don't think I ever talked about this. That's what put me in a, in a in a dark place, because that gambling addiction, what I had start breaking up. You know, it caused me to do stuff that I had, you usually wouldn't do. I'm lying to my girl, mm. lying, say I'm at, I'm at work. because I'm going to play cards. You know, I think about it now. Like, what type of shit is this? You lying to go play cards? Do you because I go ahead. My do man. you think the foreign exchange and uh, I'm just trying to dive into your world a little bit. Mm-hmm. If the foreign exchange part of it is like gambling in a sense and, and maybe 
But I, yeah, I, I was. I never, even to this day, I don't. I never thought of it like that. But I, I can't never argue it. Like yeah. whenever someone bring, especially somebody that's passionate yeah. about, it, I'd be like, "That's gambling." I'd be like, "Okay." <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just trying to say, like, you saw that, saw the maybe the foreign exchange part as, and then and also, you know, what I'm saying I, I didn't. I okay. didn't see a correlation with me with just, that. Only reason yeah. because oh, my, I can. Yeah, you and, and I, I, I didn't yeah, see yeah, it. I could see it. And the yeah. only reason I said it with myself is because the only thing I gamble with is poker. Like I can go to a casino, okay. I do, I do whatever. It don't matter what I'm around. I won't gamble to this day or nothing. But poker was my okay. only Texas hold on poker. It was the only thing I gambled at, and it and it and it took me and it got a hold of me. And and I and I went to a dark place by just just like I said, lying to who now is my wife, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. It just took me to a place where I had to I had to get my shit back right. And my and my wife. It took people. It took a support corner. It took people in my life, and it took me being honest. So how'd you shift away from that? I shifted away from that by just being open and honest. I'm talking about. It would be times where I would just call my family up out the blue who didn't know. I'd be like, I just want to tell you this. I got a gambling problem. Wow. Like to the point, my I called my auntie one time. She's like, Brandon, like you, you funny. Like you can call him. I'm like, Nah, auntie, I'm dead serious. I made in my mind. I just want to call family and, and put my truth out there so I could be held more accountable because people wow. don't see me in this light. They see me as just this dope. They don't see that part, and I'm like, it's killing me. I need people to know, yeah. so I put it out there, and I would and I would just try to stop, slip back up. And my wife is my biggest supporter. <clears throat> She's the one that really got me through it. For one, she ain't she ain't no joke. Like like seeing her seeing her hurt start hurting me. Uh. I like literally start feeling the pain because yeah. now I'm like, because at first I'm like, but it's my money. Yeah. I didn't have a problem where to the point where I'm f- fucking up the bills or nothing. It's yeah. my money. I do what I want. That was my attitude. Because like I really felt I was passionate about that. It's my money. I do what I want. I pay the bills. I'm not late on them. Leave me the fuck alone. Right. And that's how I really felt. That's how I was. That's how I was passionate about that. Until I start realizing and really seeing like, damn, I'm hurting this woman, though. Like, I'm starting it's, to feel yeah, like pain. I, I guess. And you forgive me. It's one thing to be having that. But it's the other stuff. It's the line, you know, the line, right. the, all of that. It's, it's, you know, yeah, yeah, it's your money. You can do what you want. But if if you're lying about it, right, and, spending and, less time I mean, at the home. People do meth on the weekends. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Until they also do it on Monday, and then they don't come home on Wednesdays. Right. And you know what I'm saying. Right. So it is. It people will rationalize anything if they want to. Yeah. Right. And it sounds like at the time you were rationalizing by saying like house, you know, home is good. Right. What's the deal? Right. But it was it was the the other things mm-hmm. and eventually if you didn't stop you probably would have gone down some really bad paths absolutely so absolutely and like when you say home is good i, I would have died on that i'd have bet the, yeah home but guess what home's not good no it's not i think your home is good but it's like no it's not mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not good you're i'm, I'm lying I'm, I'm not here right I'm, I'm away so it's actually not good but in but my perspective it was good well you have the, you have a different lens on than what your wife has right, you know right. what i'm saying right. because you're like home is good we have one we have cars we're, we're, you know what I'm saying? Our bills are paid. Right. Our kids have food. Whatever. Right. Her lens, uh, you know, I can't speak for her, but, but I, you know, her lens is probably like, we have all of those things, but I know he's not at work right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I know we could be doing, we could be going on another vacation right. what, yeah, if he wasn't the, spending that money or whatever, exactly, you know? Exactly so right. it's, it's the, it's the, it's the glasses that you're wearing, 100%. you know, and your lenses, we're not the same as hers. So, right. right. Um, a thousand percent. Yeah. And, and, and being able, getting out of that. And when you ask me how to get out of it, 
I'm gonna tell you specifically, I thought I was strong enough to do anything. I am strong enough to do anything. So this is what I did. I utilized the tools. I didn't utilize my self strength and determination to just not go. I literally, to this day, right now still, I literally went to every single casino that I had ever been to that I'd known that was close that, that held the game of Texas Oldham and I did a self-ban. Like, I took my wife with me, went to security, wow. and made them ban me for life. Like, take my picture. Literally. <laughs> Put it on the wall. Ban, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the real story. At first, my, when my wife didn't go with me, I did it to some, but I got slick with it. Mm -hmm. I did a year ban. Well, not at BJ's, I did but a year. at EQC. <laughs> yeah, but right. I did, a, you know, because you could choose your bands on some of them. Yeah, do a one-year ban. So I did my one-year ban. I'm like, after a year, and then one year went. And then I slipped up here and there. But now I'm in my mind, I'm good. You know, I, once a month, you know, just when we get into, get into it a little bit, I feel like getting out the house, I'll sneak off. And then once, like you said, once again, then it starts coming more, starts coming more. And so after that, it was like, bro, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. I'm slipping. This is, this is causing everything in my life is not the way I want it to be. And I, it, to me, I stemmed it because of that, this mm -hmm. darkness. And I went and did a self ban for life for every single casino that I ever knew that has Texas Hold'em. It's probably more that I don't know over there. And literally to this We're day- We're not gonna do that research. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I'm gonna tell you, so my, my, my partner, Rich Brown, went to, um, one time was talking, to, that's a different story. Look, we gonna, we, gonna, we gonna continue on this story, but that's how I got out of that situation right there. And then leading, once I got out of that, the light just started shining a lot more and more for me. It ain't like, boom, you stop. It's like, nah, now I'm not doing that with my time. Now I'm not going to gamble with my time. I'm not going to the casino to play these cards. So what am I doing with my time now? I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but you start getting more creative, start getting into more of my creative bags, start having more conversations at home, spending more t time at home. And I just start being better, start mm -hmm. being a better person. And then my, my partner, LC, who had a business, he gave, gave me some ideas we were talking and I start talking more business, start wanting to do more things with business. And that's how I start developing and getting it more to the business mind. After that was gone, it was like that gambling was holding me back and I didn't know I was a prisoner to it. Mm. And that's how I started shining a lot more and just doing more things. So um, let's talk about let's talk about uh, what that turned into. Let's talk about yes, we, yes. Uh, if you if you're watching us right now um, and I know some people listen, some people watch, but um, it's usually Robert and I that have some familiarity in our uh, t-shirt game. Um, cause me and Robert tend to wear like the, like both rap shirts on the same right. days. First year um, and tenth, first episode and tenth episode. But, uh, thank yeah. you. Boom. Talk to me. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so uh, but today, if you're watching, actually, BP and I have the same shirt on, and I wore this one with intentionality. I'm sure he did too. Um, because uh, this is this is his brand. Love so is dope. love is dope. All the Talk time. about it. How did we get there? Yeah. So love is dope. So doing so. So I was a uh, that when I told you I had came home and I was a warehouse worker mm -hmm. making minimum wage, worked myself to be a director of operations. We build uh, a family, like a family family there. So my biggest gift was to me what I love being in my position was I was able to hire felons. I was able to hire people, give people opportunity. I had my opportunity and we, and we like really built a family. Uh, long story short, we had to shut that down and we moved the warehouse to Indiana. Oh, wow. So when we were shutting it down, I made a commitment to like, this is family. Like we've been together. Mm -hmm. I made a commitment that y'all going to keep seeing me. I wasn't on social media at the time. And this was just shit four years ago or something oh, like wow. that. I wasn't even on social media. I had an account. I probably pop up there four or five times a year, you know, check in and say what's happening. 
I made a commitment. I was like, I'm going a, I'm to a jump online. I'm going to get on social media because I be seeing all y'all on social media. I don't know why the hell y'all be on there that much. I didn't get it. I didn't understand, like, why y'all be on there. I was like, I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to jump on there and just, like, and just just talk some talk some motivation. Just, like, really keep giving this motivation. And I made a commitment to them, and that's what I did. So we left. Um, I went to Indiana to help build that warehouse and help build the leadership team down there. And I didn't lead a company until I felt they was actually all the way structured up right. And when, as I'm doing these motivational videos, just kind of talk, talking and saying what's happening, hope y'all have, you know, spreading some love. I start getting more of my creative bag. Like, all right, I'm going to do actually spoken word type and actually do motivational speaking, but like actually do some production behind it. Cause I start feeling, uh, fostering my creativity more. And at that point I'm working with my partner Cuddy and he was like, man, you're going to be back to doing music. And I'm like, man, I just, I'm not like it ain't it don't move me like that no more. But the more I'm doing <laughs> survey says <laughs> that was a lie. Yes, that was definitely a lie. <laughs> and as I'm doing more motivational videos, I'm with my partner LC and he's getting dope at the videos and they're just coming and coming and coming. And so um, at the in, in 2020 down at the down at the chop, okay. that's the year. I think that's the year we met, actually, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. down at the chop. I went down to just do spoken word. I want to give just good, dope-ass energy, but still, like, we fight, fighting for our cause, but I want to give good energy, good love. So I went- Wait, let's pause. So for those who don't understand the context of the chop, in Seattle during the George Floyd uh, protest, um, there was uh, an area in uh, Seattle. Uh, there's a neighborhood called Capitol Hill, and um, there is a police precinct that the police basically got ran out of and the community kind of took over right. a few streets um, in that area for, I don't know, two months, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a while. Good it was, uh, it was, it was kind of crazy. You can Google it and, and get more information. Um, Capitol Hill. I don't even know what chop stands for anymore. And they changed the name like four times, but, um, but it was very like art centered. Mm-hmm. Like I know I went to visit, and there was just art everywhere. There was right, art on the right. walls. There was art on the um, on the barriers. Right on the police barriers. There was art on the you know buildings that had broken windows and they had put up wood and then they right. just turned them into art projects. And then there was community based, um, you know, music and spoken word and, and right. all, all kinds of um, um, and rapping and inspirational stuff that would happen like every single day. Right. Right. So, um, Absolutely. So just. For those who don't understand that context. Right. And into the into the outside world, a lot of the media tried to just make it look like a complete war zone. Like right. Just straight war zone is what they made it look like. So a lot of people were scared when I tell them I'm going down there. But we went down there just to no, put good energy. It was like a, it was like we went to hippie put, town. It was not right. Right. I mean, you had some shit that went down like shit goes down everywhere. Yeah. But, no, there definitely was some some terrible right. shit that happened. And so my idea was that I had this spoken word message, and it was just like 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 we're gonna just we're gonna keep fighting, but give good energy. And I went down there to do a video, just to do a video. The con- my producer had the concept. I'm gonna put the lay on the floor where it says all Black Lives Matter on the streets where it's painted. Yeah, there's a beautiful mural. It's amazing on the ground. So his idea was like me lay down. He's gonna put the drone over me, and it's just gonna come up slowly, slowly, slowly while I'm saying the spoken word. So like I'm looking up, saying right. it, and that was the concept. Cool, let's go do it. We went to go do it. Does that exist? Uh, the the video yeah. it does exist. It's on oh, okay. it's on our YouTube. BP Talk to so him. So we could we could we could drop tap the link. it in here. Absolutely. Okay. I know you tired of working hard, but feeling like you've never seen progress. I know you tired of giving your all and seeing less than 10% back in return. 
I know you're tired of the fake promises. Hey! I'm tired too. Yes. But the question is, what's next? What do we do? Do we continue to just allow our black men lives to be taken and stripped of the opportunity? Come on, boy. Do we continue to feed the flames of systemic racism by staying silent while being killed by unjust bullets in knees? You may not be able to bring back the lives of so many of our unarmed black kings and beautiful black queens. Hey! But you can change the man in the mirror to have a mind that fights for pure rights and digs to the core of the soul to never stop fighting for what's right. Come on, come on. Can you imagine doing for self a community full of wealth, diamonds and pearls, courageous black men and girls, doctors and lawyers, gold chains and silk shirts built by strong black hands, finally given a chance and built it all from the Come dust. On. Come on. Only Come on. to be burnt down in the neighborhood of Tulsa, 1921, May 31st. I know you, tired. Come on. But the time is today, the time is right now to apply the wrath of God and apply the pressure of unity of a united people of all color that understands when wrong is wrong and right is right. I know you tired Talk to of justifying Talk why to black lives matter in a system where black lives are treated with no rights. All lives cannot matter if there is no matter for black lives. I know you tired. I know you tired. I know you tired. But us together, when we unify in love and we come for a purpose, we come united and we will not stop fighting. Uh -huh. what we call love. This is what we call unity. Coming together for a purpose, and if you don't know, at least we're trying to understand, communicate with each other, talk. Build each other up in love on the way to try to find the answers. There's not one answer, but together, collectively, let's speak about it. Not poke, not argue, but communicate. I love y'all, and I appreciate y'all. We will fight, and we will not stop fighting. Endurance for a purpose. So we went down there to do the video. I didn't, I didn't tell nobody, no nothing. I just laid down, and you know, people just walking back and forth, like three, two, one, boom. So we start doing the video. But I'm speaking, even though it's a video, a lot of people lip talk on their videos. When I do my videos, I actually like perform, even though it's just for the camera. Uh. Like it's a live audience every time because I just like to feel like that and give give the lens so you can feel my energy. Right. About 30 seconds as I'm just speaking, I'm speaking these powerful words. I'm up and I'm getting up and I'm sitting up. 
And literally, it's just packed, surrounded with people. Of course. Like it was a performance. But I didn't realize people was about to stop. We're just doing a video. So now I'm like, oh. And so now I'm really feeling. So I'm standing up now and I'm speaking. And now, hell with the camera and the drone, I'm speaking to the people. And I'm looking them in their eyes. I'm speaking these words. And it was dope. And I finished. And it's just round of applause. And they clapping. And it was dope, dope. And people were coming up and asking and hugging some people crying. It was just dope. We're like, oh, shit. Mm. So, boom. That's it. it. It just felt good. So, we we break out. Talking to my partner. We're like, damn, that was crazy. It was like it was like a rush. Yeah. We go, we walking back to the car. I'm like, family, let's run it back. Because it's, it's different people that's walking all through here. Let's just right. run it back. Boom. We go run it back. Same exact thing. Same exact results. Oh, shit. <laughs> Heart racing. We run it back like four times. Literally, like wow. almost back to back to back. And it's like, wow. So now we get home the next day. I'm telling my wife about it. We're like, boom, we're going back the next day. Go do it again. And it's, it keeps me in the same results. And now I'm getting interviewed from all these news people, this and that. And, and I'm realizing, like, this is hella dope. But what am I doing? Right. What am I, what am I really doing? Yeah, I got the rush. The rush came. I, always, I wanted this rush, but what am I doing? And it was like, nah, this is bigger than you being a motivational speaker. This is way bigger than you. Like, literally in that moment, I'm at home like, what? I'm like, I need to represent something bigger than just me talking. And literally, that's where the BP brand was derived in that moment. I was like, I was talking to my partner, LC. I was like, I want to represent the BP brand and make it not about me just because I represent love. I want love to be represented. I want growth to be represented. So for going forth, I was I was called BP Talk to him at then. That's all you knew. BP Talk to him. I wasn't BP Parker. BP it was just BP Talk to him. It wasn't no love is dope. I was like I want to change and rebrand so I can mean more, represent more, and I'm starting to get it. I want to have actually a business that represents love. We'll start off with just sh- like shirts, and literally in that moment went press stuff up, got the shirts, brought them down there. When they sell, we would go buy food and stuff with oh. uh, the profits, giving the food out and stuff like that. And that's literally where. The BP brand, the love is dope. That's where everything derived from. From that's that. dope. I Absolutely. didn't realize that it was that young, to be honest. Yes, me neither. So recently, <laughs> I didn't realize that it was that young of a brand. So where where's love is dope? Love is dope. So the clothing line is on the website, thebpbrand.com. No, oh, where's the what's the what's the motivation between behind the phrase love is love dope? Love is dope. So the motivation is just. The life that I start creating after I start figuring out where the demons was and identifying the demons, I was like, I want to represent love and I do represent love. So I start consciously speaking more love. I start consciously when you hear me speaking on the Internet, when I did get on there, I start being very conscious and specific about that. So love is dope came. um, Shout out to Diddy, Sean Combs. There was a shirt that my wife had brought me one time. It was rhinestones or black on black. And it said love is dope on it. And so I did my research to figure out, like, is this a line? Is this is a company. Right. You know, I'm going to, you know, take nobody. Right. And I course. couldn't find it. So is I was it looking, trademarked. Right. So I was even looking for my same shirt. I couldn't find it. It was like a one off. And I and so I sent even Diddy a message. No, no, he probably would never, you know, like. Right. Like, this is dope. I got this concept. If I did this, I don't, you know, I want to respect. I ain't taking nobody's. St- of course, didn't hear nothing back. And I'm like, this don't exist. It just was a one time. So I was like, bro, one way or another, I'm inspired by this. So I want to continue inspiring by something that I was inspired by. So that's like literally the words itself. That's where that thought triggered from. And from then, we put them on shirts and then it became way more in the shirt. I like to say our shirts got a heartbeat because I'm like, I I promise you, I'll never wear this shirt out 
without someone smiling. I don't never wear the shirt out without getting a comment or like, oh, that's what's up, love is dope. And I, and I don't have to tell them, oh, yeah, here, here, here's my car, go get right. it. So a lot of times I just like to be like, yes, I like that you felt that way. Right. You know what I mean? Well, I think, I think the phrase love is dope is interesting because like I use the word dope a lot. I probably have my whole life, mm. right? And I use dope to mean cool. Like dope means awesome. Right, dope absolutely. means, you know, something positive. But if you think about... There's other contexts for the word dope, Absolutely. right? Like like the drug context, right? Um, but when we think about what dope is and really the chemical dopamine, it's 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 a chemical that's released in your brain, mm-hmm. you know, right, right. not just by drugs, but by also by joy, you know. And so um, I, I've never had this conversation with you, although I think about it often, like it, it's sort of like a. It's not even a double entendre. It's like a multi-level entendre because dope means so many different things. Right. You know, you can just think of it as like love is love is awesome, or you can think about um, what what dope does to our body. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, and it could be when you when you say it, love is dope, like it's awesome. That's that's a good connotation, right? Right. right. But when you say like someone's strung out on dope, that's a negative connotation. Hundred percent. But uh, I think that um, I think for such a simple phrase, there's a lot of power behind it. Right. You know, because dope for you was gambling for a while. Absolutely. You know, but that that's turned into um, which now you realize is probably negative and negatively impact your life. And now dope is is your family and is your community and is your music and is this clothing line and right. knowing me as a person, obviously, too. But um, <laughs> <laughs> <to me. laughs> absolutely. no, I mean, that's it's just I think love is dope is a I don't know. I didn't know your intentionality behind it. I never asked. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely something I've thought about, you know, um, and it's so crazy. Because you said that's around the time we met. That's absolutely the time we met. Because yeah, we just got 2020, um, we met actually during a Father's Day thing um, uh, that our friend Marissa, Marissa Harden, shout out to to, to Marissa. Um, she planned a Father's Day, like March, right? It was part of the George Floyd, kind of almost within that protest feeling, uh, right, right? right? It was in Federal Way. Um and uh, she asked me to come out, and it was just one really big block, right? right it right. was one big block um, that started near Poverty Bay, uh, and it ended okay. up at Poverty Bay uh, Cafe. Um, and it ended up being a huge, you know, a really big, big event. Right. Um, I went out there as a, sort of as a as a person in the community who's fairly well known, right? Because I was doing politics at the time, and I knew a lot of people, but also as a person who just um, uh, as a white person to, to, to be a white body in what I knew could potentially be something negative because this was about black dads. Yeah, I remember you calling me, telling right? me like the measurements, like, have you took this? Have you thought about this? Right. Have you thought about that? And do you remember mm. what happened that day? Do you remember what happened when we, so the route that we took again, just one big block that went out onto pack highway. So that mm. right there could be risky. Um, but do you remember when we walked past the gun store? What happened? I don't, I don't. know where you were in the march because I, I was at the end. Um, so as you come down that that block, three twenty fourth or whatever that is, there's a, a shooting range right there, uh-huh. and um, there's 
it was the, the the theme of it. I think was like Black Dads Matter, or something like that, right? And it was on Father's Day or the day yeah, before. Yeah, it, it was a Father's Day march. It's just to rep- represent unity and right. and everything that was going on. But Absolutely. Uh, as we walked past the gun store, the the shooting range, yeah. um, there were a lot of people that um, appeared to be in their feelings that were either standing outside the shooting range or standing on top of the shooting range. Um, uh, clearly trying to intimidate, you know, what was happening. Um, and I see that. yeah, I think you were towards the front and th- was. this was at the, I was towards the back and wow. I ended up just going and standing in the middle of the street and just looking at them like what I want you to, you know what I'm saying? Like they're literally just walking families are walking, you know what I'm saying, with signs, like singing and chanting and celebrating joy, really, because right, right. it, it was about it was, fathers. It was dope energy. And, um, mm. and, and, and these, these folks at the gun range. Right. Um, was, that was, let me tell you how, how that... But that's because Seattle was burning. You know what I'm saying? Right. Seattle, Seattle right. had protests and there was doors that were, you know, I mean, there was buildings being burned down and broken into. And I remember the day before Federal Way actually had our first George Floyd protest. We had two, one of which I supported, one of which I planned. But the day before our first one, I got a call from the mayor saying, who's, who I'm friends with saying, is this your protest? Please don't have it. Because Seattle was literally burning. And there was a group of people who were nefarious. These were not people who were protesting for the right things that started in Seattle, started a bunch of fires, broke into a bunch of buildings, and then they were moving down. They went into Renton. They went into Kent. And eventually they made it to Federal Way that night. It was was a mess. And this is maybe, you know, I want to say it was maybe a week or so before the Father's Day thing. Wow. So so tensions were high. Why? Why? And, um, and, And so... When Marisa asked me to come out, she asked me to come out in my capacity as a leader in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, but that event wasn't about me. You know, it wasn't about about people who look like me. And I'm not a father. So it wasn't about me. It was really about me. She knew that I knew what to do. And I would I would make sure that we were safe uh, if, if something popped off. And I remember walking mm. past. There were children walking with us. Absolutely. While these Families. guys are standing on top of the gun range. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Man. And then we ended up back in the big circle. We ended up back at, at Poverty Bay and then there was like a whole presentation and a whole a bunch of um uh, a bunch of yeah, music all and all of that. You know, celebration. And it was a beautiful fucking day. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. Um, I'm glad you don't have the memories I have because right. they were not. The, yeah. That yeah, was that I'm, was yeah, an awesome. I, that's my first time hearing. Yeah, that, that was an wow. awesome. And I just remember I just stood in the street like, wow. I wish you would say something to my friends. Damn it, man. But that's the kind of person that I am, right? Right. Uh, I think about that now and I'm like, what the fuck did I have really done? And something popped <laughs> off. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I just used people talk about when it comes to like how we deconstruct white supremacy and how white people have a you know, should be primarily right. the the doers of that, right? We should be the people acting on that. That's how you, that's how I felt like you do that. Right. You put yourself in between the, the the people of color and the people that that are maybe adversely dealing with that situation mm. or looking at them. Right. You know, and I'm not going to call those people racist or anything. I think at the time there was so much tension in the world with George Floyd, and and it was happening right there at home, right. and Federal Way was like. 
we don't want to be Seattle because Seattle was burning. Right. You know, Seattle was... Right. There was and, a lot and, of problems yeah, happening and, and in they Seattle. Had no clue that this whole, the heartbeat of this whole movement that we had going on that was day unrelated. was literally out of love. Yes. It was literally had nothing... I didn't even know yeah, about yeah, yeah. the... What had happened the week before it was literally out of love for uniting, coming together, yes. representing together. But they That's, don't know that. Right. They right. don't know that. And I know they don't know that. Right. <laughs> so that was me literally putting my body between these people and and those people. Wow. You know? Wow. So uh, that was a that was a powerful day on many, many fronts. It it's interesting you didn't know that because I just assumed everyone did. It was kind of scary for a minute. Damn it, man. Okay. It was kind of scary. I think because I was at the <laughs> end. They had everyone had come outside from the gun range. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like whatever, whatever okay. was going on okay. when it started. Somebody's like, "Oh, did you see what's going on outside?" Right. So by the time I was there, everyone was outside. Right. But watching people, and that's the second time that we saw people on the roof of that place. Because the first George Floyd thing that we did, there was also people a block away. Because we were at 320th and Pack oh. Highway, they're up one block, literally standing on the top of the gun range with their guns. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And right, that's right. A, it's clearly intimidation. Right, right. Whatever. But that's not what, what that was about. At you know all, what I'm saying? But all. they don't come to ask. They're was, just going to stare yeah. awkwardly it was out and, of love. and try and intimidate. Because we so. represent love. It was out of love. That that whole that whole function, what I was, um, keep fighting. Keep fighting. That was that was my, my, my speech that I was doing the spoken word. Mm. When I was doing it everywhere, Seattle, and I was going everywhere, my home city is Federway. Right. And so I literally got on Google, got on the internet, asking people. I was trying to figure out when, where is the next, where is something happening in Federway? Because I wanted to come represent and be a voice in my home city as well. Like, I want to make sure I'm a voice and I want to support anything that's going on in Federway. But there isn't any, so. And so check this out. I couldn't find it. Mm -hmm. So literally, that's how that came about. Right. I created that. Yeah. Literally in the moment, I'm like, okay, well, what the hell are you doing? You're a leader yourself and you're looking for something. And what you going to do, just keep it pushing? No, create it. It was like, I remember yeah. being in the car in my in my house, set, didn't go in the house, create it. I called up Marisa. We wasn't friends like that. We know each other from back in the day. Hella cool. Like, you know, know each other's families right. and everything. But we didn't we don't chop it up on a daily. She's support. And I just see, it's just something I just seen, like her social media presence, her, it's just like, this woman she is just, strong. Well, she like, had just started getting involved in politics, Yeah, too. and I could just see she was strong, and I just reached out to her. Yeah. And she was like, why you, like, why you reach out to me? Like, I'm like, because I just feel, and what's crazy, it ended up, she ended up doing way more than me. Like, I end, I made the call, I started putting stuff together, we was working together as a team, and I just got so busy and tied up, but she just took it to a whole nother level. Yeah. She's the one that got Allison involved. She's the one to start getting key components that made sense to make it just how it was. But she's she's amazing. I thank her for that. And that's how we love that you, whole Lisa. day came together. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, and that's that's probably why you and I have had like love since day one, because we are that same type. We we are very different people in how we grew up and the choices that we made and things like that. But in that activism space. That's exactly what happened. When the George Floyd stuff started, somebody said uh, there was a there was a church and a couple community members um, that were like, hey, we should, you know, do a sign waving thing. Okay. And they asked me to come out and support. And I did. And I'm actually the person who became sort of the liaison between the fucking SWAT team that was there behind the mall while we were there. And when they started getting close, I was the one that was like, no, what you're not going to do is intimidate why, these people. Why? But a few weeks later, the teachers union actually came to me and said, we want to do another 
you know, George Floyd support thing. Okay. And they came to me and I'm the one that put it together. And then, and we've talked about this, I think, on here in January 2021, when that crazy dude shot up the, shot up the, uh, the Asian, um, oh, massage damn. parlor right, in Atlanta. Right. I get a call from someone that's like, okay, when are we gonna, what are we gonna do for our community, you know, to support our Asian community? Cause we have a huge Asian population, federal right. way. And I'm like, uh, it's cold. I don't wanna do anything. It's raining. What are you talking about? And they're like, well, we have to do something. Right. And within 48 hours, we're standing in the cold, in the rain with signs that say, you belong here mm. and this is your community. And we support, mm. you know, stop Asian, wow. you know, anti-Asian hate, things like that. And I, I think I may have talked about this on here, but um, again, you probably don't know this. While we were at that event, people are coming up to me and they're like, who set this event up? Who put this event together? Uh, and I'm like, they're like, what organization? I'm like, the organization of me? I, like I don't uh, me dot org. Yeah, like, that, I mean, I, I I just felt a calling. Someone said, like, can you do a thing? And I was like, I guess we're doing a thing. And what was more impactful to me than the people on the corners is the people that just showed up and brought us food. And they're like, we don't feel safe being out here. We feel like targets because we're on a very big court. You know, Pacific Highway and and three twentieth is the biggest. Mm-hmm. You know, busiest corner right. probably in, in Federal Way. We don't feel safe being out here as Asian people, but here is, you know, 400 egg rolls and a bunch of fried rice from our, you know, I got, you know, messages on Facebook that were like, I I did not feel safe coming out there, but you don't know how impactful that was to me and my family. We own a nail shop or we own a hair shop or we whatever. Uh, And so I think that's why, even though we never spoke about it. Our hearts are in the same place right, right. when it comes to that um, ability to community organize um, and people. And so we probably saw that in each other Off immediately. The you know what I'm saying? Right, immediately. Right. And even though you, I don't know what you do and you don't know what I do, sometimes you, your heart knows. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So... So yeah, I, I think that's why I, I pay so much attention. I will also say this. And maybe I just noticed it because I know you, but there are two brands when I'm out and I'm usually out in South King County or I'm out in Tacoma and Pierce County. There are two brands I see all the time out okay. and about, and that's ETC Clothing here in Tacoma. Yes, yes. Shout out to Umi and his crew, which they're a brand, right? Dope. Here in Tacoma. And love is dope. You know what I'm saying? I see people... And all pictures in Seattle and they have love is dope stuff on. I mean, love like it. your brand is is I, I'm shocked that it's only three years old. I definitely yeah, didn't expect that. It. I thought it was more like ten. Yeah. Because we, we, people we just support started. you. We just getting That's started. Dope. That's Absolutely. really dope. No pun intended. I say dope so much. <laughs> right, I say dope right. so much. Yeah, we just getting started. It's 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 dope. I love hearing you say that because I know like I told you, that's a true story. When I say I literally never not get a compliment. So I know it's just not me. Right. I mean, you know, it's anybody that's wearing a shirt. I know the energy as well. It's like you can't even go look in the mirror and damn near be mad if you got like this, if it says right. this. And it's, right. a, it's a real thing. I love that energy about right. it. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm I'm grateful to know you. I, I think that your story is interesting. That's why I had talked to Robert, you know, about having you. Uh, on our podcast because I think more exposure for you yeah, is good. Definitely. And there's a lot of lessons. Anybody that wants to listen to this, you know, podcast is going to learn a lot of lessons from you. Um, for me, one of the biggest lessons it. that I've heard understanding your story even more than I already did um, 
what, like you have a, mm, you have a level of self-control that most people don't have. Mm. Like once you become determined to do something, that's pretty impressive. Some of the things that you did, you know, even before, even when you said something like, oh, I was rapping, but people didn't know I was, I was hustling. That's a conscious decision. Because most hustlers put that shit out for everyone. I'm right, right. Real hustlers you don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Real hustlers don't. But a lot of people, you know, they live flashy or they, you know, they're they're proud of how they live. Uh, so you separating before the decisions that you made, you know, while you were locked up and the decisions that you've made since then. Right, You know, absolutely. once you're motivated uh, to do something, you are... Um, that it is impressive the amount of like uh for me the uh internal um strength it takes to like stay focused on wow. on that path I appreciate so it absolutely I think that speaks to you and that's also one of I, I'm a big believer in like we all have our powers like are we going to choose to use them for good right. or not it's real and it sounds that's like real. you've had some times where maybe you use your powers for not so good mm-hmm. but absolutely you are a uh you are someone uh, not to be fucked with when you're when you're using those powers for good, Absolutely which is why it. love is dope feels like it's been around forever. Right, right. Because you've already done so much work in such a short period of time. Yes. So yes. Thank that's you. just a, Thank a big you. compliment. Sorry. Yeah, we just getting started. We and we and we building. Like I said, we 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 in a position right now where we're figuring out what's next. The, the goal literally was to inspire, and it's like. We've done a really good job, and we're going to continue doing a good job. But then when business, business kicks in and you get to a certain level, it's like, all right, what's next? Okay, there's an area that's next that I haven't been in, that I haven't explored. So I was telling you, sometimes I'm sitting on my couch now, and I kind of get to get the anxiety in my stomach, like figuring out because I don't know exactly what's next. I'm learning to be like, no, it's okay. You don't know what's next because you don't have experience in what's next. Right. You have to literally go through this feeling, right. gain the experience in it, and figure that shit out. And so I'm just being a lot more on purpose about it, um, especially with the time, because my time is like, I, I was about to say limited. I think that might have been a negative word for myself. My time's not limited. My time is limitless um, of how I'm using my time. Because right. um, even to this day, you know, I'm still a director of operations for a multi-million dollar food company now for the state of Washington, Alaska, and Oregon. So my time with that, I love I love what I do. That's your real job, right? Your day job? Yeah, that's that's my salary okay. in, in the office. And I love what I do because my job is to problem solve. My pro- my job is to come and figure out how to make this thing better, make this operation run, and, and help people be better people within the operation. But everyone that works with me, and they'll tell you, I, I don't let people say they work for me because no one works for me. We work together. I ain't shit without you. You ain't shit without me. My position, yeah, director of operations, I tell everybody, it doesn't matter what my position is. If you're not doing your job, I can't succeed. If I'm not doing my job, oh. you can't succeed. And that's right. how that's how we chop it up. Like, I didn't I didn't know you even had a day job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, absolutely. So yeah, so I, I didn't yeah. know you had a day yeah, job. Yeah, I run the operations of a bulk bulk foods company. Okay. And it's and like I said, I love what I do once again because I problem solve and I work with people and they know when they everybody go into the warehouse, the office, I literally they know people first. This warehouse, this office, this ain't shit without y'all. Right. We know that. So it's always about the people. I make, I help make the people happy and the business wins. It's just a direct correlation. That's always been my philosophy, being in a position of management and leadership. What do we have to do with the pro- make the processes better? Before I talk to the people about y'all got better, I question myself. Have we invested in the correct systems and processes to make sure everything is easy as possible for you to be happy? Mm. How can I help? What you got? 
You interview, I'll be asking them, what you got cracking outside of work? A lot of people think that's a setup question. I'd be like, nah, because I want to make sure I help you succeed at that. So if we got a schedule that can work with that so you can be successful or what you really got popping, allow this to be a step stool to that. And that's how I manage and that's how I treat mm. all the employees, workers to, the, to this day right now. And so that's why I do love what I do. But obviously, I'm doing that as it's like real time. I'm getting paid in real university with real millions of dollars that I'm that I'm that I'm managing and getting experience from my own company in real right. time. And that's why I treat that company like it's mine. A lot of people think that this is my like in, in the uh, people I work with, they think like, oh, this is my company, like I'm the owner. Because like, no, nah, I treat it like it's mine because I can't cheat it. I'm not going to be like, all right, I'm going to give this a little time and give the BP brand this. No, I give this all my time and I get the BP brand all my time. Not a little here, a little there. I can't cheat none of it because I'm cheating myself if I even try to cheat this company a little bit. So I treat wow. it like it's mine at all times. Well, I mean, that goes back to the original. The first thing you talked about was sort of the collective group that you did with the with the when you were um, rapping yeah, right the, the union yep. right Black so union. that it's the same concept mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's the same concept and it's it's the same reason that i started uh the open mic collective which is which is a group of comics that work together to put on mics and shows i could do all that by myself right, right. but why you know what i'm saying there's benefits for me I, we run a mic every Monday and Tuesday. If I was running them by myself, I would have to be there every Monday and Tuesday. Right, I can go do a show on a Monday night or I can go do what, you know, live my life on a Monday night because someone else is hosting that night. Someone else is producing that night, whatever. It's benefiting everyone else because they're getting production credits. They're getting host time. They're getting a little money in their pocket when they're hosting. It, it's, it's our mindset. Right, it's right. our mindset that we realize, um, that we're better together all the time. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Absolutely. In in whatever capacity that looks yeah. like. Before we move on, do we do you have any uh, questions? Because mm. I know he had a couple questions too. Yeah. So, uh, I think there's some that we like to ask others. I know you probably touched on these, but I'll at least look at our ones that I like to. It's kind of. We normal. gotta be mindful of time. Yeah, we do gotta be mindful of time. Um. All right, something that that people would be surprised to know about. Man, we just we just damn near told it I all. Know, I know you're not but, uh, <laughs> surprised. Surprised to know about me. I think uh, something that we just we talked about, but I'll repeat it again. Like even right now, right this second in real time, you know, a lot of time we talk about our past stories. Right now, I'm in a position where I, I get anxiety over business. I'm in a position right now where I'm figuring it out still. You know, a lot of people might look at my life and think, yeah, I got a you know nice house, great, a beautiful family, you know, love is dope company. I'm a director of operations. Some people just think, oh, you got to figure it out. It's like I got life figured out in the sense of I love my life and I know I'm going to win 100 percent because I know I'm going to keep trying. Mm-hmm. But it ain't figured out where it's like I'm kicked back and I just take a week off and it's, it's just the machine is going. Not at all. Yeah. Building that machine. So I, I, I like to say. That that's probably surprised to know about me because it's deceiving. Sometimes on the outside looking in, you think what you want. I ain't never put out a video that ain't real, that that, that I set up for the cameras to make it look like that. No, that is my real life. Mm. But my real life also is my mind is on freaking steroids, crazy, figuring it out. And and right. I got anxiety as well. So just knowing that I, I, I'm completely, it's, it's okay to be stressed, mm-hmm. all of that, and just know that you're going to be okay as long as you keep going. You got any questions for him? Oh, I mean, I've done a lot of talking. I know. So. I've done nothing. You've done all the work. 
Sorry. I just know him. That's all. I know. It's, you, 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 you gave us everything. We didn't have to ask any questions. You just let it. And that's, it's, it's, you you that's had a couple questions off. for us. So turntables is your opportunity to ask us questions. Yeah, mine, mine was like directly related to this show. For one, I oh. want to know. I want to know the big W H Y. Why? I think we've might have touched on it. I think both of us a. We, we're big on mental health. So that's why we talk about that at the beginning. Um, I think both of our backgrounds uh, line up. Um, being, uh, I don't know, like, um, I'm trying, trying to say, like, we're, we're both uh, n- not people of color. <laughs> and we both have uh, somehow attracted the people of color, of, you know. And, and uh, uh, so I, I'm very similar to the black culture, you right. know, that. because <laughs> right. I grew up in the Bay Area. That's how I grew up. So um, I've had some some interesting experiences sort of riding the line between who I am and who people think I should be. Yeah. And he's had similar experiences growing up in Texas because he's white, but he grew up in the Hispanic community. So we have a lot of similarities that way. Um, and um. So I think we we wanted to talk about that. We've also had a lot of trauma. If you go back and listen to episode two, you probably should. Um, we talk about our trauma. I mean, um, uh, we talk about our the, yeah. There's we talk uh, about our that, trauma. There's the being a parent of special needs kid, being a parent of a of a of a, a queer, and like being that. I think both of us have have a voice that we want to get heard from that from that lens. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't know. I just think that we had a lot to offer yeah. to the world. I mean, that that's our goal. Right. Um, and then uh, we, we wanted to have guests from the beginning yeah. to highlight other people and their stories and their journeys. Right. Um, and um, there's always lessons learned in that. Right. So I think we've been friends for a long time. Long before comedy, we've been friends for like seven, it's probably seven years. Okay. Um, uh, because you didn't uh, listen to that episode like, you know, I got stabbed mm-hmm. and he lost a child very young. Um, oh, he, he, he lost a child when, when his when his son was only 14. So, um, so pretty significant, different, but very significant trauma. So right. um, we talk about that. In fact, our first episode is about the why in a lot of ways and is a kind of an introduction to who we are. But the second episode, we directly address our trauma. So people understand, if they choose to listen to our podcast, they they can choose to understand where we come from. Right. We're not just, you know, comedians out here wanting to talk about our dicks. You know what I'm saying? Like, wanting to get famous. Like, we're much deeper people than yeah. that. You right. know, Absolutely. he works in, in the trades. I work in social services. Um, you know, we both have children that are... Um, not traditional yeah. in that, you know, his kid is queer, my kid's special needs, things like that. Um, I think that we just thought we might have something to bring to the world. And part of bringing ourselves to the world, for me, again, is bringing other people into that. Right, I love it. You know, bringing other people in, into that. So that I was kind it. of, I think, where we started. Dope, dope. So when y'all first, when, before the first episode of this, y'all actually recorded the first episode what was the process, not the whole process, or how long did it take? Like, what were the conversations like before y'all actually started an episode? Was it a year, a month? Was it just a thought and let's go? Know. A few months. A few months. We needed to find um, 
we need to figure out how we wanted to do it, right? A lot of people do podcasts in their living rooms. You know, a lot of people buy their own equipment and do their own stuff. Um, there was a lot of learning involved that, uh, for me, it was never about like the money of buying it, but recording it is one thing, producing it, mixing it, making sure the right. sound is good, you know, making sure it's a, a decent quality was important to us. And that's stuff that like neither of us have those skills. So then it was um, finding a place to do it, some that we trusted, someone we could afford. Um, and um, so I, I actually went on social media a few different times. and was like, you know, we asked a lot of questions about podcasting, not just about if we did it on our own, what kind of equipment would we buy? If we were going to a studio, who would you go see? Right. And um, actually, uh, another comedian, Stephen Ryan, um, who's also a rapper, uh, he comes here to Stay Hydrated Studios. Um, he, you know, he and Lamont uh, go back a long, a long ways. And so um, he was like, uh, a bunch of people were tagged in that. Uh -huh. um, and then, uh, Nuck Nuck Lamont, we, we had the conversation. Um, and it, and, um, he actually, I actually came here with a friend who was recording some music. Okay. And so I kind of checked out the studio. I met him and, um, and he was talking about dope. You know what I'm saying? He was dope. And so I went to Robert and I was like, look, I just went to the studio and they, they are set up to do podcasts. Right. And I think we were the first one. Are we the first one? Uh, sort of. Okay, so we're the most important one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and by that meaning, we're the most consistent one, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, uh, the vibe here with him, for me, was just, he's just really, he's a dope human. Dope. Yeah, like, yeah, honestly, yeah. I wish I wish there was a way, and maybe there is a way that we could just interview him, that we could have him oh, as a, a guest way. one day. There's a way. Um, <laughs> so he hates being on camera. But, um, but uh you know, he's just a dope human um, with a really big heart. And so I just, I felt like this is a good place to be. Um, so once we figure out the logistics of it, then we just talked about format. We talked okay. about the name. We figured out, you know, our logo. We had somebody make a logo for us. Um, old heads, young minds. That's because right. we're older. Like I'm almost 45. He's 53. Um <laughs> <I'm> 47. Acts <laughs> uh, 53. Um <laughs> But no, we're, you know, we're, we're older physically, but our, ma I mean, we still both, you know, right. we're matching rap t-shirts, right? Like, yeah. you know, we're, we're very young in a lot of ways. Go to and rap we're, concerts together. yeah, we went to, yeah, we, 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 yes. We've been and to, so. Yeah, we went to Ice Cube and then we went to Blink-182. Like that's younger, true. Younger, younger, that's you know, true. Yeah, okay. Um, so, like, so it's like, we're in our generation, Generation X, we're in that weird space where, we're old and young at the same time. Right. You know, we don't feel old necessarily. I mean, my back feels old, but mm. my head doesn't, my, my mind doesn't feel oh, like an right. old person. Uh, I often am like, as I'm buying, like, I have a ridiculous amount of Jordans, you know what I'm saying? And Air Maxes or whatever. I'm like, at what time, at what point in my life am I supposed <laughs> to, as like an old white lady, when do I stop buying like 97s, right? Yeah, like never, fuck right, that. You love them. So, do you, do. you know, it's, um, we just have such weird experiences and, and the people we are is kind of, I don't know, not what you would think of. Uh, nearly 50 year old people are supposed to be, yeah. you know? Right, right. Um, so a couple months. Yeah. Uh, collectively. Yeah, I would say a few months. 
And then we just decided on the format. We were like, we wanted to kind of be hip hop based because that's kind of where, where we are. So that's why we did, you know, what it do is our is our interview. Um, the next episode that we'll record, it'll just be me and him. And, and our main section is called the get down, you know, okay. where we talk about topics. Um, and then we're about to do dope or trash. And then we do whelp, which is actually a callback to one of his jokes. Um and then um, you good is just, uh, you know, is the mental right. health check in. Yeah. So we intentionally, se- you know, segmented it Love and we it. went back and forth on like what we wanted to call it, why we wanted to call it that, how we mm-hmm. wanted to format things. And then, you know, we're 12 episodes in. So Whoa. congratulations. You know? That's dope. 12 <laughs> episodes in is dope. I don't know. There's, I mean, I feel like I watch podcasts that have like hundreds of episodes. I'm like, God, 12 feels like a lot. <laughs> but there's and there's no exaggeration. Millions of podcasters who have not got past episode one. There's <laughs> more podcasters who haven't haven't got past episode right. one. Right. Podcasters, period. Right. Like it's real. Well, we're we're <laughs> we're lucky to be in this situation. Um, you know, we've even talked about, you know, if like if his kid were to move out and he had a room, we could probably start doing the podcast at his house and then like sending it to to Nook to mix for us right. or something like figuring out something else. Just because it is kind of cost prohibitive. We do have an amount of privilege to mm-hmm. be able to afford it because right, right. it's not, you know, there's if you want to have a good po- podcast, you have to be able to afford it. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that we want to do is start sponsoring, you know, our podcast or having people sponsor, right. having organizations. So um, we're working on like getting our followers up or, or our listeners up um, right now. Because then we can go, like, we could go to you and be like, hey, would you sponsor us for 10 episodes at 100 bucks an episode? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And right. then we would shout out Love is Dope and everyone. We put your logo on things. So that's kind of our next step right. um, to the model. Um, because, uh, I mean, that's that's how yeah. we want to grow right. and expand, I guess. Yeah, and that, was, yeah. that was my next question. You already asked, like, what's the what's the business stru- structure like? Well, how much thought is going into that now? So you already answered We that. try Absolutely. and do it weekly, but it's not cheap. So, yeah. you know, it's not cheap because we have, we have, right. you know, a good team behind us, a team of one, <laughs> well, he's amazing. So yeah. it's like, we know that the quality is going to be good. We know we're going to get it on time. We know it's going to, you know, be good to look at, right. you know, it, it, because we do the, the YouTube version of it. Dope. Um, Love it. And it's an environment that's, it feels good. Yeah. You know, I mean, you'll see, we're about to do Dope or Trash right now. In fact, let's get into that. Um, and and Nick participates with us every episode, okay. you know. So, <laughs> you know, he's important to our team. Um, and that's um, that's important to us, too. I, I think if we were at a place where the studio or the producer felt like it was just business, it wouldn't, oh, yeah. it wouldn't be as comfortable. Yeah, right. You know, it wouldn't be as, as yeah. comfortable as it is. Now, so we're just lucky to have him and to Love have, it. you know, stay hydrated. So, so yeah, I guess our next iteration is, I don't know. We don't know yet, but sponsors would be nice because then we, that takes a little bit of burden off of us. Right. So. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Dope or trash. So this is uh, our segment where we talk about some random shit and whether we love it or we hate <laughs> it, whether it's dope or trash. Uh, you you brought you have some topics. I do. Okay. So I seen this one. I wouldn't even thought of this. I just my wife showed me a video. So, panda dunks. Oh, shoes. Shoes. Yeah. The pan the panda dunks. I'm gonna tell you what I'm asking this too. Panda dunks. 
Okay, explain them for somebody who doesn't. So the panda dunks. For my mom. Let me take off my shoe and put it in the camera. These are dunks. Okay. The panda was her exact same shoe, but black black and white. white. Yeah. And everybody called them pandas. Right. And they're like a big thing, like a really, really big thing. Well, there's the one that look like that, and then there's the one that are uh, patent leather. Uh Those are hot, but... And and the reason I ask this question is because I think they're dope. Right. And everybody okay. I know think they're dope. So there's no but my wife shows me this video of my son, they're just laughing. I could tell so I'm like, what? This video is just showing up people talking about, um, what are what are the worst shoes that a woman can meet if you meet her? And they show like a hundred people like pandas, pandas. Why? And it's like Why? some funny I know, I didn't get it. So I was I, I didn't and my son's just bugging up, but we all got dunks. We love dunks. I was like, I didn't know this was a thing. My wife was like, Yeah, apparently it's a thing. A lot of people just hate seeing females in panda dunks. As my wife like has the panda dunks on, and I'm like, I don't get it. So I brought that up hoping that y'all would have got it. So I guess it's Dope to me. They're dope to me. <laughs> dope to me. I like dunk, dunks. I mean, I wear more, more Jordans and Air Maxes, but like I want the patent leather ones. Right, right. But they're they're sold out most, or they're a price I'm I not like going to pay. I like low dunks. I have like a pair of black and white. I don't know if yeah, they're Yeah, I have lows. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they're pandas. If they're black they're, and white, they're, they're just called pandas. Yeah, they're dope. Yeah, That's some young people weirdo <laughs> shit. Yeah. Fuck Good, that. Dad. Good. Fuck. I don't but know what that is. Now I'm going to Google it later. Yeah, but that's some actual young people shit. Yeah, some Gen, not even Gen Z. That reminds me of that. I know it's unrelated, but it's that same mindset of that meme that's like, uh, our generation grew up on dope dealer music. Your generation grew up on like dope doer music. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, oh, you're yeah. on some weird, subject, like these young though. kids are on yeah. some, yeah. some weird shit. Right you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like we're a whole different level of gangster. And I don't understand. <laughs> I don't think my friends would have done the Tide Pod challenge either. You know what I'm saying? Like kids are right, fucking I mean, weird. Man, I wish and I knew I don't, what that was. The Tide Pod challenge? When kids were eating those Tide Pods? Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. So laundry detergent? Yes. Uh. That was like a challenge. Yes. Half these challenges I hear are stupid. Yeah. So like, I, kids are just dumb for dumb sake. So Damn I don't. Man. I'm gonna Google. Damn it, man. I'm gonna Google the why behind that panda <laughs> thing because I've never heard that. But panda dunks, dunks period are dope. Yeah. So yeah, I love them too. Okay. Dope, I'm glad. Nope. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that either. I, I never heard that either. Uh, everybody I know loves them. So thank you. Yeah. Okay. That's thank weird. You. Okay. I don't right. feel Black so bad. Black and white's now. the best color to go with everything. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't feel bad at all now. I love it. And I love black and white shoes. And Nick wears British knights, so you know what I'm saying? Like, he an OG. <laughs> he an OG throwback. Yeah, the VK. Yeah, that's some weirdo kid shit. Kid shit, but. Mm. Okay, do you have one? Uh, Clam chowder. Oh, trash. <laughs> really? I don't eat anything from the sea. Or the I river. I don't any. I, lately, what I've been saying is I don't eat water food. <laughs> like, I don't eat anything from. No. Yeah, gross. Yeah. <laughs> Is is there an in between answer? Or is it straight out dope yeah, or trash? We, we did, we've we've said that. I've said. Can like I like a, throw in the trash, but it didn't make it in the trash? Yeah, yeah. And it, and like, it, cause cause I I'll eat it. I like it sometimes, but I don't never crave it or never uh, order it. If somebody served it, I would eat it. Okay. So if you were in San Francisco on Fisherman's Wharf, you'd be like, yeah, give me the sourdough bowl well, with yeah, the oh, man, with the good. right. That's what, that's like the, that's classic. But, and as a kid, I used to eat clam chowder. As a kid, I also used to eat shrimp. I never ate fish or anything. And now I don't like any of those either. So that's a trash, but that's like a, just a personal preference thing for me, right? I think it's dope. So I'm going to say that, uh, you're saying, you're saying that you're down the middle. 
It's trash. Trash. That's great. That's great. What do you say, Nick? Oh, I like the chowder. You like the chowder? Yeah, hey, yeah. so do you like the white or the red? Have you ever had the red? I've never had the red, but yeah. I, oh, I've that's been thinking East Coast about it since right? Ventura, so. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Boston? I never heard of that. Boston. Yeah. I, I like Boston the white. Yeah. Clam yeah. Boston clam chowder. I like the Ivers, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, no. That's just a... That's a me thing, though. Okay. Um... Uh, non-traditional meats, like Explain. buffalo meats and uh, alligator meat. For me, I'd also oh. say deer meats. You know, those are in other areas like alligators really popular and buffalo is really popular. But on the West Coast, it's more of a delicacy if you go somewhere yeah. just for the alligator, just for the buffalo or whatever. Okay. What's your answer first? I'm not going to answer this first. Okay. All right. I think it's dope. I grew up in Texas and we eat a lot of weird shit. Snake, alligator. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, deer. Crawfish. I don't know. There's a lot of weird... I, I personally, I I love at least trying it. Right, right. Shark. I will say that I love my palate. It might have to be expanded, but from my experiences, trash. And that's strictly because I'm talking alligator. Alligators that I ate is so damn rubbery, but that but that's what that, I've was, heard. that was so many yeah. years ago, and I never tried it since. That's what I've heard. So I could pop, pop, and my palate's grown since then. So I could, Nook. Oh man, I'm half Korean, so I eat wild shit all the time. So it's, it's not even. Yeah. What's the wildest? <laughs> no, it was weird. I, there's there's one that I I don't know if I should say on the air because people get mad about it. <laughs> okay. What? What? You want to, <laughs> you're gonna put me out there like this? It's, 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 it's the four legged kind. Is that, that dog? Is yeah. it? Yeah. Really? You've yeah. had dog? You've had dog before? Yeah. That's wild. People don't like that. They, they, they get upset. I mean, I don't get the, In other countries, it's fucking normal. Yeah, it's Who cares? normal. We just eat whatever, man. Were you in another country when you had it or were you here? I was here. Really? That's interesting. That's interesting. That's. I guess I always assume so, there's laws against so it for no reason. I, I almost embarrassed to say this. I didn't know that was a real thing. What? Eating, eating dog? I, I know it's a real thing. Like, we, I didn't know it was a thing, like, a normal thing. Yeah, in other like, countries. The way you, you know, you said, like, I didn't know that at all. I just learned yeah. that right now. Meat is meat. It's hey. trash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super picky eater, <laughs> right, though. Yeah, I'm a super picky eater. I recognize that. Um, I just, uh, it's a mindset thing for me. It's like a... It's like mental sensory issues. I just can't get over the concept of even deer. Like yeah. I won't, I don't eat deer. I only goat. When I first moved here and I was working at Children's Administration, I was working at the MLK office downtown Seattle. And we had an intern and he was a Somalian. I love this dude. We're still friends today. And every single day he'd be like, I brought you goat. I brought you goat. I'm like, I'm not eating your goat, bro. Like <laughs> it's a mental thing for me right, like right. I eat chicken and I eat beef I don't eat veal I don't eat anything else so um that's it chicken and beef okay we I don't is that weird no, like I don't we learned a lot about you right I don't now. I just ugh, yeah. I just can't <laughs> I can't I like lamb nope depending yeah. on who cooks it nope know? I can't I don't I don't want any of it hmm. it's just alright I had a lot of fucking chicken <laughs> yeah, I don't. And again, I don't eat anything from the ocean either. So I don't eat fish or tuna oh, or wow. nothing. So. Oh, you missing out. I know. Whatever. Shush. I guess. Whatever. <laughs> I ain't hungry. Obviously. Look at me. Um, Do you got another one? Um, pineapples on pizza. Have we done this one? 
No, I don't think so. Oh, I, dope! I, I just I, ate some this I'm, week. I say it's dope. I'll eat it. It's not a. It's not my preference, but I'll, I'll eat it. It's like I have to be in the mood for it to want to have it, but like I just I was at Spuds on Tuesday and that was the pizza I ordered was yes. the Hawaiian. That's, yes. Fuck yeah! I think it's weird when people say. It. No, I'm not. I'm not a. a you know, a hater on it, but I don't, it's not a... The weird thing is I like white sauce on my pizza. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you have to get red sauce with that. Absolutely, 100%. You can't eat, yeah, like, yeah, garlic yeah, or yeah, Alfredo yeah, sauce yeah, yeah, or anything. Yeah. Like, you got to have the red sauce on it, but I love it, so, so... I'm assuming you're saying dope. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and if you and if you say it's trashed... Well, Nook, what do you think? I think uh, people not liking pineapple on their pizza is just the trend right now. Because when growing up, people got it all the time and nobody ever said this. And then somebody said it on social media and now it's like a thing. Right. It's not bad. There's nothing bad about it. It tastes fine. Like, yeah. I think you're a psycho I'm if you don't like it. I heard you say that too because it's like me even coming up with that question is because it's these youngins in the warehouse that be saying that. I'd be like, where does this even come from? I ain't, this is, it's great. It's right. fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's weird. Do you have another one? I do. Go ahead. We'll make it the last one. Uh, comics dating comics. Comics, dating comics. Or, uh, or, you know, in the same, whatever. People in, in the, the same, same industry. industry. Hmm. Um, I think it's probably a bad idea, generally. I think that if you're going to date someone, that, that they're your, we're, your, we're coworkers, right? So it's really about coworkers. Right. We're peers, we're coworkers. Um, if you're going to date someone in the same industry as you, it should be something that, that ha is long developed. You know what I'm saying? It, don't, don't, um, don't just fuck somebody because you think that they're hot. Like, right. go, that's like shitting where you're eating. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. If it's somebody that you, I, I'm not against workplace romances, right? Sometimes you're in a workplace and you're with those people all the time and you and the one person just have that special connection right. and that's where it goes. I mean, I've, I've seen it work. And I've seen it not work. Yeah, I mean, you could look at Richie and, and Rachel right. FJ, right? Like, they are both comics. They are they met doing comedy. They have a happy marriage. Um, but I also know a lot of comics who've had really bad experiences. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, I don't know that I would do that. I, I wouldn't. Um, but if I did, it would be something that I really developed over time and not just like... Got really drunk after a show right. one night and fucked somebody like mm -hmm. that. No, that's not. And yeah. then it turned into dating or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's um. I don't think it's that smart. But yeah. Um. So again, I don't know. I guess that's a middle ground. Um. <laughs> what did you say? Drash. 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 <laughs> I. I. Yeah. I see that. If you take it light, if you, if you treat it the right way, like you're saying, like someone like Richie and Rachel, yeah. they, they probably handled it right. That's fine, but not. Well, not even a, like, let's say Richie and Rachel don't make it long term. It won't be because be because of comedy. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I just don't believe in shitting where you eat, you know, the whole, yeah, that, and I that think whole that, concept. I think you're, I think we're coworkers in some way. Yeah. I guess maybe if I was like, if I went like to another city and I met a comic and we started dating, that might be different because we're not right, in the right, same right, industry, right. in the I same market. Um, that might be different, but, um, yeah. And comics, there's a lot of competition within comic comedy mm -hmm. and, you know, I, it, it could be really problematic. Yeah. So I don't know. Coworkers dating. What do you think? 
is it co-workers or is it comedians comedians well, well I mean that was the that was the thing but uh, but really your, it comes world. down to co-workers because that's what we right. are so I, I've never done it I don't have experience in it I would I would say it's probably not a good idea, but I don't like 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 to say trash because relationships is all about making relationships, right? right. So mm-hmm. I think regardless, it's not the best idea because when it doesn't work out, and I hate to say most times it doesn't, percentages say most time it doesn't work out, you are co-workers. You still have to share the same space. When it does work out, it's a dope thing. So damn it, man. I have to, just to not give a medium answer, I have to say trash. Okay. What do you think, Nick? Uh, I am also down the middle. I, I'd say I, I don't recommend it at all, but if it works out, man, I think that love is a beautiful thing. So, I just think you have to have a lot of intentionality on right. how you deal with that. Right. And again, starting a relationship with really, really great show and too many shots, probably not the way to start that. Right. But if it's somebody that you work with and maybe you're writing partners or you're in the same space all the time and you do have a lot in common... And you have a lot outside of the comedy world. If the, if we're talking about comedy specific, cool. Yeah, it's got to be real. Yeah, it, it has to be. It has mm-hmm. to be more than just whatever that work yeah. is. You know, what do you think? Yeah, I feel like it. I'm I've I'm on the same page. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So basically, do it at your own risk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well. Well. This episode is long. We have another episode to tape tonight. So. um... What do you have? Well, we have another episode coming up. So in 20 minutes. So yeah. I'm not, I'm going to skip over my whelp today. Yeah, but uh, do you have anything or you want to tell us how to tell people how to reach you? Anything big you have coming up? Stuff like that? Absolutely. So everything can be reached at the BP brand. So the Instagram's the BP brand. Um, Facebook's the BP brand. It's uh, BP Parker on the Facebook, uh, YouTube. And um, yeah, so right now we I'm actually working on it's it's amazing. Right now I'm in I'm in college again, sitting on this couch because me and my business partner we're putting together a platform ourselves right now. And literally that's what we're in the middle of, putting together the structure. And, and um I got a I set up my garage, I call it Club Love. So I set up my garage pretty much just like this, set my own stuff up and call it Club Love. Even um got the table, even when we go out there now. My wife, I'll be like, I'm going to Club Love, I'll be back. You know, <laughs> late night, you know, that's where she go back to blow something back and everything. So it's a vibe. Right there in our own home. I wanted to create that at home to be at home, to still still focus on spending time at home and still working at the same time. So building a platform um, called Voices, so pretty much a, a show and a, a little different, like where people can see me in a different light where it's not just 100 percent seeing me just just on the on the motivation, just speaking and seeing my shows where I can come kick back in my garage, blow something back if I want to feel like it and really just talk about the things that that excite me, talk about topics that excite me. Um, having different segments. We got a segment actually called Beyond Bars where I can actually Gosh. tell stories from when I was beyond bars, but not just to tell the stories and funny to have, you know, prison stories, but to say how they actually matter, how, how the thought process coming out and how you still got opportunities and how, you know, the self-discipline you can have and things like that. Um, a segment called More Than Music. You know, we chop whatever whatever I liked. If it's music, if it was about an artist and about the business, whatever it is, just shit that I like that I actually want to talk about and feel comfortable to just breathe, but still use it as a platform to expand the brand at the same time. But something I just want to do. So working on that, that's called Voices. And um, outside of that, just uh, working on ways to expand the brand and just being very strategic, Um, looking at ways to spend 100 percent of my time doing what I love to do. And so that's what I've been working on. So. 
the, the love and support for the brand, the BP brand, the love is dope brand, in the middle of doing some rebranding with the BP brand. Um, a lot of people, they just call it the love is dope brand, rightfully so. Yeah. And so it's like, you know what? I'm going to start calling it the love is dope brand. <laughs> Actually just got a new website, loveisdope.net. We still got the BP brand, but I just wanted to do a love is dope as well because it's so much easier sometimes in passing. People don't click in that BP brand, but love is dope. It's easy. They see it. Got it. So in the middle of some um, rebranding with that and just um, figuring it out along the way, uh, my business partner is amazing. And we just look doing things I haven't done before, looking at the actual business side of YouTube, looking at the, the Internet. He's focused on the Internet and how the Internet works. I ain't never been a technical guy. I'm a creative. I get out there. I don't look too deep into it. I just I just do me and be me. And he's looking at like, all right, well, let me figure out how to capitalize on you. He always tell me cash in. Like when we talk about me and locked up and the Parker brothers and all this history I got. I just lived it and I love it. But he like, nah, it's time to cash in on that shit. Cash in. That's how he's talking. I used to take it as a negative thing. Like, well, I ain't cashing in, but I understand what he's saying. He's like, nah, I mean by telling your story, but allowing it to help someone and actually cashing in. Because the more money we can make by doing what you love to do, the more lives you can change. Right. Like my business coach taught me that. I was a, uh, I used to have a negative connotation behind sales. When we think sales, I'm like, nah, I don't do sales. Like, I'm not trying to sell you on the brand. It's like, it's real, it's real life shit. And I, and I get passionate about that. But my business coach taught me like, that was one of my blockages. He's like, mm. if you stop thinking like that, and think sales is a good thing and think the more that I sell, the more your message can be out there, the more your brand can be out there, the more love's gonna be in the world. If you change your thinking, then you actually would like sales and you can sell more, you so, know? Somebody, um, uh, well, for a long time now, people have asked me like, when are you gonna write a book? And it's not something I haven't, I've been against, you know, mm -hmm. it's just something I haven't done. And then recently I was talking to a mentor for me and a, and a really good friend, and I told her, I want to do more speaking engagements. And she said, you need to write a book. Because once you have a book, then you have some legitimacy. And then the speaking engagements will come from there. And so listening to your story, that, sound, that felt very familiar. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like your life, um, uh, even just to date. And I know it feels weird because we're so young still, right? Like, you're only 40. Um, but, like, writing a book, making your life, you know, life to date and to to a movie, things like that. Mm -hmm. It is, it's about getting out a message. It's about the lessons that people can learn from it. And then that enhances your brand. So wow. it's, it's a very, that, that feeling is something that I'm facing right now is like, if I want to, if I want to advance what I, the message I want to get out to the world, right. how do you do that? And right. sometimes it's um actually digging deeper within ourselves to then project more. 100%. Um, so that's a... 100%. So you should write a book is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I've been told that so much. So I'm going to start listening well, more. Well, and I have some ideas we'll talk about off offline. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so the bpbrand.com, I would love for everyone to, you know, obviously support. I always tell people this. I would love for you to go and, and buy the apparel. Yes, please do so. But one way or another, the people that are represent love in real life in their own homes, I hear a lot, you know, I'm going to do this to change the world. I personally believe no one can change the world. Not one single person can ever change the world because the world is too big. But our world in our own homes and our own minds, that's what I that's what I focus on. I literally change change my world consciously. Mm. And that helps change my daughter's world and helps change my wife's world in my own home. And when that's happening in real life, I'm just naturally helping change in other people's world. But I would just like to say this message. Focus on your home. Like if you live by yourself, 
focus on you, like doing all the things and creating the habits that that wherever your vision is, have those habits. If you don't know what those habits is, literally look at the people that you want to be like, follow, follow them, figure out what the habits, get the books to do the habits, because just thinking about something, writing that shit down, all that is, yeah, that's cool. But if you don't got the actual habits to manifest that, don't none of that shit matter at all. So, um, so I appreciate everybody that support the brand. Yes, please go buy the apparel. But more importantly, live it for yourself. Really, really live this life of love for yourself. There's a there's a lot of great ideas that get lost because of a lack of motivation and discipline. So yes. I think that you're you're a great example of what motivation and discipline can do. So Yo. I'm super glad you were on here. Shout out to your wife for holding down absolutely a whole lot of shit. The, I don't know if you want to shout shout her out. <laughs> um, um, because uh, uh, you also have a, a very active uh, uh, little girl um, that I met recently at a barbecue, <laughs> and uh, so she's a lot, of, a lot of work. So your wife, your wife has her hands full, and and uh, shout out to the people behind the people, whether it's your spouse or your family, oh, your yeah. parents, your your friends. You know, absolutely. Um, nobody, nobody does this alone. If they do it, if they do it right, so absolutely, big, big facts. All right, so we'll see you see you in a week. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, it was an honor, a true honor. Like you're 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 very inspiring. Um, I we've talked actually about you uh, and Love Is Dope um, sponsoring me a little bit for um, you know like being my brand uh, for clothing. Like as I continue to do comedy and. Yes. We've had that conversation started like 18 times, but now I understand why. Because you got 700 jobs. <laughs> but well, we'll get that conversation yeah, sometime. Yeah, we got to. Because, <laughs> yes, yes, because it's necessary. And it's, I just and think it's Love is Dope is a, as a concept and is amazing, but it's because of the, the people behind it. So thank you for being here, Brandon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you guys later. Peace, Peace out. out.